New on CuriosityStream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series, Connections, returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. It's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan. But when you have a family counting on you to take care of them, having the right coverage is more important than ever. Anthem HealthKeepers plans can help. With low to no cost coverage for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our anthem. Click to learn more. On the back end, if you need anything uh, deleted or erased, you just text us, let us know, and we'll... Uh, Look, if it comes out we'll of my t- mouth, I'm <laughs> accountable for it. Okay, so. cool, cool. <laughs> We, we just do the live delete as I go. Actually, hang on. <laughs> let me hold that thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm working on Caleb being able to uh, master that that ability. So I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. No, no, that's the spice of life. We like we like honesty. We like raw thought, right? That's oh yeah, that yeah. stuff goes. It's you can't edit all out the too Caleb much. stuff goes viral for us, basically. Is that right? That's what it is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's your you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's like talk therapy. It's like detox. <laughs> like when I word vomit, it's like a detox getting crap out of me. If you feel better. And then I feel better afterwards. And then I think to myself, do I really believe that? <laughs> you reserve the right to change your opinion later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like throwing up a bunch of old food. Yeah. Go, oh, I ate that. Mm, that was in there. Okay. So good. Oh, the, 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 what was the, uh, what was, uh, well, we were, we were talking about circumcision a few weeks ago. And then you said, uh, <laughs> This is how this is gonna go. And then, All right, here we go. And then you said, um, what, "What celebrity were you talking about?" Oh talking God, about? are we really going down this road? No, 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 I'm not What's, gonna go there. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? What was the celeb? What's the girl that says that she uses it for her Botox? Sandra uh, Bullock. Oh, Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. Right. So Caleb says that, and then we're in a group text <laughs> later on. He's like, hey, you guys think I could get sued for that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 100%. You know? Oh, I got so. And then he goes, why didn't we take it out? Why right. did I was like, because you, you said it. I mean, it just, yeah. you know. And then I said, no, I think we're good because she said it on public television. So so, so we're straight. It's not, it's not a conspiracy theory <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. But that's a that's an instance of Caleb said something. We're well, gonna Caleb, we clip I, it. And I then, need uh, to hear some of that today. I'm that's what I'm here for. I want to <laughs> hear some of the full honest truth. Well, I'm realizing that I'm yeah. kind of bipolar, and I, I haven't. <laughs> I, I didn't know that about myself until this podcast, but I'm I'm starting to realize that I'm kind of bipolar. Self-diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. He starts off calm, and then if you just hit the right trigger, oh yeah, yeah. it's just back yeah. up. Love you it. You know, like just just back up and walk away. Uh, today, everyone, if you're listening to us, if you're not watching us, Beyond the Letter, welcome, everybody. As always, you got me and Caleb, people's padre in the house. Uh, that's who we are. Uh, we're the padre to the people. Love it. And then uh, we got special guest, one of my good friends, Pastor Adam Smallcomb, who up? pastors up in Northern California, Vibe yeah. Church. But they right. got 11 campuses. They're everywhere. Beijing, Hong Kong. No, like, <laughs> that's prophetic, yet. is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like it's coming soon. But Honolulu, that's Milan, right. that's Rome. Right. Yep. Uh, Chicago. Uh, it's a test. Austin. Yes. Chicago. Right. Um, San Jose. Yes. 
outside of San Jose, you call it like South, right? South uh, Valley. South Valley. Yep. See, I'm good. Yep, South Valley. Oakland. Oakland. Um, San Francisco. San Francisco. Mountain View, baby. Mountain View, which is your, yeah. your campus that, that, wow. that, you know, you started everything out of, which is in the middle of Silicon Valley, like two miles away from Google. Yep. Mm, wow. People that go to his church are incredible leaders in Silicon Valley yep. and um, people who are being pastored by Pastor Adam in the Silicon Valley space, which um, mm. you got to kind of seen it. I brought Aaron's on yep. here with us, too, right. today. So I brought yeah, he spent Aaron up some time down here. Yeah, we, we've spent some time together down in the Mountain View area. Yeah. Did you guys you guys got to tour Meta the last time you were yeah. there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't that in that a trip? That was my third time, but it was his first, first time. time. OK. What do you think, Aaron? Incredible. Was Meta the mm. one where on the roof it was like well, the whole thing was meta. garden the whole thing's meta but you you might be talking about we instagram took, office or something like that yeah we took you to meta meta or the original meta which was like the little city in town yeah. and then we took you to their uh, newest offices across the street which is like yeah they're you like you can oversee the city you can you can go on a hike or yep. run or whatever that yep. was just around the rooftop yes yeah. that yeah, was crazy. extraordinary to give people yeah. an idea this is like a a 30 story building yep but it's like, uh, but it's all one floor, so there's not like tons of multiple floors. And then the roof is basically like a half a mile long um, park. Yeah, yeah. But it's mm. built on top of a roof of a building. It's actually nicer like, outside than it is inside. One hundred percent. Did you notice that? Like yeah. inside, oh, yeah. is like cables hanging everywhere, yeah. and the whole concept is uh, from from Zuck that we're only one percent done. That's the oh, that's shoot. the whole. It's intentional. Oh, it's intentionally, it's intentionally not done. Not done okay. Because oh. we we haven't arrived. Except it's done outside. Outside's Dang. nice. I'm gonna do that with my wife at home. <laughs> <laughs> when she's like, "When are you gonna fix this door?" It like, works. Babe, we've not arrived. Right. Yeah, we're one percent done. Humility is what we Purpose. Why haven't you yeah, done I the did. dishes? Yeah, yeah. We're one percent done. <laughs> Dang, that's <laughs> life life. That's gonna be on my tombstone. I only had one percent done. Only one percent finished. Yeah, that's a great life lesson. Yes, but we are in the Silicon Valley. Ten years now. Ten years. Yeah. I'm Australian. I'm Australian-American. I naturalized. You're a so citizen now. I'm full citizen. Oh, wow. Okay. Full American. He can own guns. I can. He can uh, vote. I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, and I have. Yeah. Um, you yes. definitely pay taxes now. I do. Yeah. How long? How long have you I been have, a citizen? I've been a citizen for two and a half years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Recent. Okay. Yeah, two and a half years. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, and you were in America for, for 11, 10? In America now, 11 years, yes. 11 what? years in the States, uh, we became citizens. I actually became a citizen uh, two, two and a half years ago. My wife became a citizen only six months ago. Hmm. May have been my fault, you know, because <laughs> when we're filling out the application, I thought that, you know, it was like a dual application. I didn't realize she had to oh. do a separate one. And so, yeah, long story short, it, it took her a lot longer. So it asked but we've you, reconciled. We've so reconciled. We're fine. <laughs> it yeah. asked you if you were married. And you put it, it and you're just you, assuming, like, and it says, that'd be is both this of a us. joint application and yeah. ticked all that? But then they're like, oh no, there's no such thing. Everybody's an individual. I'm like, okay, great. No you know. way. And there's no real arguing in those settings. And you had to learn more than the average American even knows, right? I was just listening to a, a, uh, a YouTube with Vivek this morning. He's yeah. a candidate, you know, for Republican Party for presidency. He was talking about what he would like to do is he would like to make every incoming uh, immigrant have it at the beginning of their visa application. He even said he oh. wants every high school student to do the naturalization test. Oh shoot! Yeah. So, oh wow! So they standardize it. Standardize it because yeah. he's all about American excellence, right? Yeah. He wants America to be excellent, like we all do. Yeah. And there's so many people who come in. Like I came in, and I've asked people the questions that I had to answer on the test for naturalization, 
<laughs> they had no, no idea, no, right? Nobody, nobody has yeah. any idea at all. Dang. Uh, like, but, what were? Do you remember? Any, like, what are some? Oh, of the yeah, questions just the on, different branches of the government, yeah, judicial right. systems, all those kinds Dang. of things. You and know, people are going. Yeah, I don't know. No one has any idea. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because I think when you have that perspective, I found this. I found more immigrants more passionate. Well, I'm an immigrant, more passionate about being an American than natural mm. born Americans. Yeah. And maybe it's because of the intentionality. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That intentionality mm. to say, hey, I, 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 I see how this country's formed. I know the history of why we do what we do with the big American experiment yeah. and why this is the greatest nation on earth because the free market system and the opportunities, all that kind of stuff. You see that from an outside in, yeah. so you're grateful for it, right? Okay. When you've lived with it, I think there is a maybe an, a redundancy or taking it for granted that I think what Vivek was saying is like, imagine mm. if we just all got that perspective by having to learn about how America came to be, yeah. how, being able to actually know how America is set up, how the structure of it is. It may just shift people's perspective uh, on America. So yeah, and because I think you know, and we talk about it all the time, like how I'm, we're, you know, I'm not a fan of the education system. So you know, we take U.S. government and U.S. history and all that kind of stuff like that, and then and then you take economics in high school and all that, but it's not done in a true way that uh, exchanges information. It's it, you're ticking boxes. Right. You're yeah. marking A, B, C, D. It's and there's no there's really nothing there's nothing on the end of it. Right. Like as long as I take this test and I get the grade, there's really nothing on the other side where, you know, for you or even if I think like what you're saying with Vivek is like if I know that technically I'm not going to be able to get my driver's license or whatever unless. Yes. Unless I prove that I'm a value add citizen. Yes. uh, To this country or there's a certain limitation to the opportunities. Like you could see that. And then I know immediately people go into like, oh, well, what about the uh, low income education centers and X, Y and Z? But at the end of the day, like in order in order to formulate a healthy country, there should be a level of sh- education and reason for the education to value, you know, which yeah. I which I could see that because I'm like a lot of people are like, well, I took those courses. It's like, why didn't you retain any of it then? Right. I you think know? I think you hit it. The re- there's no why. So you yeah. had a why for sure of, of why I need to understand these things. If you're just growing up learning these things without understanding why or the value or what it connects to, mm. you 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 answer the correct answers and then you move on. Yeah, and it's not that it's a difficult. It's not like it's a difficult test. <laughs> right, right, right. Because people, right, right. Who, it's not hard. I mean, people are being naturalized in the same group as me can't even speak English. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, then, and then some are like 70, 80 years yes, old, right? It's, so, but they've just applied themselves to yeah. learn about the country. What was the purpose of you moving to, was it um, to start a church or moving So we to moved to start a church. We okay. moved to start Vive Church in, in 2012. So we were youth pastors in Australia, mm. and uh, we had... Uh, great success with youth ministry, so to speak, there, if whatever the, the term success means. But we just seen God successful, powerful, it was growing, yeah. you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, and as a result, uh, we were, I was, I remember being 30 years old at the time and thinking, man, I feel like a really old youth pastor, but mm. I'd be a really young senior pastor. Mm. And so I thought, okay, this is the transition moment. I spoke to my pastor, he agreed. And uh, we were looking all around Sydney. We're looking at Northern Beaches. You know, if you've ever been to Sydney, it's just like, okay, that's definitely where you want to start a church. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's like Newport Beach or something like that, right? And so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're just like – and then my uncle who was in San Francisco, he put on Twitter, in beautiful San Francisco, would love to see a church planted here. Mm. And <laughs> something about that tweet was just like, huh? Like, yeah. hang on. America is the church nation. 
Right. From my perspective, like that, America sends the missionaries. No one's a missionary to America. Like, so I just began to research, like, what's yeah. the Bay Area? What's, and this I'm is like 2011, to, 2012? 2011. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm learning, literally learning real time about the Silicon Valley. Yeah. You know, Stanford, like just how much products come out of the Silicon Valley. And I have this thought, Caleb, I have this thought. <laughs> if Paul wrote, I desire to go to Rome knowing that all roads lead to Rome and all roads lead out of Rome. Mm. That Rome was a cultural center of that day. Okay. That if you can hit Rome, you hit the world. Mm. You affect trade, you affect policy, mm. you affect government. I thought, you know what, the Silicon Valley, it's, it's the center of the modern world. Mm. Every product that we have on this table, like these phones, you go, you go to remote parts of the world, they've still got products that come out of the Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Technology. What's crazy, though, is even wow. in 2011, like... You know, that's a really insider take. Like, right. nowadays, people know Silicon Valley. Yes. But yes. in 2011, oh, I mean, yeah. That, yeah. you were really bet. You were playing roulette. You are well, betting on black. For sure. Because but I was just doing some research. Yeah, And I yeah. could see what was building. Mm, I see what yeah. Apple are building. You could see, you know, what uh, Steve Jobs had been doing. You know, yeah. all the kind of stuff. There was emerging technology. You know, I remember just mm. not... It wasn't actually that long before it uh, where people were choosing Blackberries mm-hmm. with buttons over an iPhone. Because it had right. no... So mm-hmm, the, even the technology, mm-hmm. the mindset hadn't adapted yet in society. Oh, yeah. And so we said, that's the place we're going to be. So we yeah. moved over. We came over. We actually planned to start in San Francisco because it was like, you know, San Francisco is a prominent city. But uh, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like the city. We went there. We're like, man, this is chaos. Um, it definitely needed church and needed a, a move of God. But I think we needed to position ourselves our experience was with college and young people. That yeah. was kind of like our wheelhouse. And so yeah. we did a trip down to Stanford University just to get on campus, just, okay. to, just to meet uh, students and just chat. And it was when we were going through Palo Alto that just God said, this is it. This is the place. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's when we started, 2012. Started the church with just uh, one other couple that we'd met. They'd moved from Seattle, you know, Vance and Kim. Yep. Yep. Overflow. Yep. He runs Overflow. He had moved from, uh, at the time, the church was called the City Church in Seattle. He'd moved down and uh, they were looking for a church. Their pastor told them, hey, Adam's coming to Silicon Valley. We connected. We had a Thai lunch. He was working at Google. We rode the Google bikes around the place (laughs) and uh, (laughs) we ate Thai food and just shared the vision. And on that lunch, they're like, all right, let's do this. Let's build the church together. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Is, is this how it's going to go? This is great, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, what do I do? And I said, will you start tithing? Yeah. And he's like, when? I said, well, when I set up a bank account. <laughs> Just hold off until I set yeah, up that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was 2012, January 2012. Moved here and we launched uh, August 2012. Wow. wow. That's huge. Yeah, we had no money, by the way. Like this is yeah. kind of old school. Well, it's insane. And you pick. Right. You know, you pick. You know, not not everyone understands real estate aspects, but it's like basically you picked Beverly Hills. Basically, you right. pick, you know, like we didn't know you're, that you're though. picking a place mm. that right yeah. that like economically is and you're and you're the but thing is like we know exorbitantly wealthy people don't give generously. Yep. So as a pastor, you never pick a place that is that is high, high in real estate, high in economics, high in wealthy people. Because they're actually really not generous. So yeah. anyone that would think like, oh, you just go to a, a a neighborhood that is very wealthy, your church will be fine. It's like, no, actually, no, no. it's the opposite. It is. Um, so the fact that you guys chose that and then the idea is like, as your church is booming, you start looking around and go like, well, how the heck are we going to get a building? How are we yeah, going to get a we, church? We honestly, you know? I'll be really frank. We didn't know any of that. We didn't, yeah. know, we didn't know anything. Mm. Uh, 
And I think that's why sometimes ignorance is bliss. You know, you get all these church planning. Uh, I'm probably a little bit different in the church planning model where it's not like go and do the research about the city, know the demographic, know everything. Yeah. I just think don't know much. Just go in bold. Just go okay. in with confidence because sometimes if you know too much, it actually works against you because all of a sudden you start to see all the obstacles. Yeah. You start to see all the enemies. Yeah. You start to kind of – it becomes fortified. Sometimes the ignorance yeah. like we've got victory on our side. Let's go for it yeah. works. And um, I think that was what we even saw in the beginning where our testimony, we would talk to people and they're like, what, you just moved from Australia to start a church? And we're yeah, like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it worked. But I told that story so much in the first year that I got tired of that story. Okay. And I didn't, I literally had this thought, I don't want to be 10 years from now telling the same story. Yeah. Not that that story isn't good, but what, what is God doing new? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started to say, well, let's just keep planting churches every year. Let's, let's do this every year. And Jeez. so we've been planting churches every year since then, campuses. So we've got 11, we're launching our 11th location now in London, but that just came out of vision. Like, let's just keep being crazy. Let's yeah. keep planting. That's insane. Yeah. And then you guys just got your building. Uh, Miracle. A year. Well, you moved in a year ago. Moved in a year ago. Yeah. So yeah. you were 10 years portable church? Right? 10 years and 10 locations portable. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that building is an absolute miracle. It's, and when we say portable church, not everyone who listens to us may not know, like, Literally, people are showing up at 4 a.m. Yeah. from a, an RV pulling yep. out. Rolling off trucks, stuff. To, yeah. You know, stage and yep. audio, and you're yep. doing that every week. Yeah. And then when it's done, every you're packing it back, back up. I'll yeah. bet. Where? What down. property? What uh, like a? What do we buy? When you do portable, are you doing it like outside? We're doing what? it in uh, different community centers, high schools. Oh, um, okay. Got it. Know, event Got centers. It. Okay. All, mm-hmm. all the locations have different setup. Uh, we did yeah. it in the Mountain View one for 10 years in the Jewish Community Center. Mm. which was a trip oh, you know, okay. to literally be in the Jewish community center and having church, yeah. uh, which was, which was fun. But we did that for 10 years straight. And, uh, we, we just got our building last year, which is, you know, I always get a little bit envious of all the pastors that have these stories of, you know, God gave us a building. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's right. never no been my work. story. No <laughs> work. We just had faith and God yeah. gave us the roof. You yeah, know, yeah, you know yeah, we're yeah. just praying. We're on a prayer retreat and God yeah, dropped yeah. the building. No, no, we paid full price. <laughs> we got right. no deals. Yeah. Um, and we're competing with other people to buy it, right? We're competing with Apple. We're competing <laughs> yeah. with Google. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> but absolute miracle how it came to, pe- to be. And, um, yeah, it's a game changer. Jeez. So have you ever rubbed shoulders with some giants? Any interesting story, like in that area, like any notable figures that yes. we would know about? Maybe a conversation, a lunch, or yeah. attending your tr- service, or yeah. You, the, the funny thing is, you wouldn't know them mm. okay. because you know the celebrities that people know. The celebrities of Silicon Valley are like CEOs or these VPs or these venture capitalists or these kinds of things that everybody know. So it took me some time to actually know who, who are these people. And, you know, you're in, in, in rooms where, you know, I've just learned not to make a fool of myself and just, you know, be too <laughs> ignorant where, you know, mm. I'm just assuming. I just made the assumption years ago because I had a situation that you're talking about where I am had a whole lunch with this person. I had no idea that they're one of the uh, leading VCs of one of the biggest venture capital firms in the whole Silicon Valley. And I didn't even know. Because wow. yeah. Silicon Valley is, the whole, the whole vibe of the Silicon Valley is you can't tell wealth. 
It's yeah. like, you know, it's hidden wealth. You know, it's like yeah. they're just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wearing khakis and, yeah, yeah. you know, Ch- whatever. Chino khakis and exactly. a Patagonia jacket. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Patagucci yeah. jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're, you know, the truth is, I, I just made an assumption. I'm going to treat everyone like they're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to treat everyone like they're super important because I don't want to miss that moment again mm-hmm. and make a fool of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, and not... Not understand. I was in the presence of someone who's done some pretty cool stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that ha- that happened to me once, and then I felt I just, I, you know, you just get a day where you're like not in in, in the mood. Yeah. You know, and so you just you're just like not in the mood. So like, um, we did this. Um, you know, whenever uh, Joel Osteen comes into town, he invites any pastor. Like, right, hey. Right. Really, what they want to do is there's going to be a lot of unbelievers come. Yeah. I want you guys to be your name on there. Right. Um, it's not even like a big money bid or anything sure. like that. He's just generous. And like a lot of people are going to come. They don't have churches. I want them to go to your church. So like when we did this event, we got 200 first time visitors the next day from right. it. So, I mean, it, you know, it works. It yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. so we so we did that. We just went and then um, they told us like they'd have seating for us and stuff like that. And then I already didn't. Cause it's my first time being there. So I, I just was like, I don't know that I want to be here at this, but I'm, you know, supporting our churches doing it and stuff like that. And cause we didn't come from Joel Osteen's camp or anything right. like that. So they seat us like 15 rows back and mm-hmm. it's already like really packed. Yep. And then, you know, my dad kind of sits more towards, towards the front. And so there's this lady like being pretty nice and friendly, but you know, I'm just not really, it's just not You're a not good day mood. for me. Yeah. Right. I'm not in the mood. So I'm just kind of, I'm not being rude, but I'm giving very kind of short replies and stuff like that. And, and she was, you know, she was very nice. She's talking to Ashley, my wife. Uh And then she's like, Oh yeah. You know, like, um, you guys are such a nice, cool young couple. We're telling we're a ministry and all that, but she keeps wanting to talk about church. And I don't really want to talk about that at the moment, you know? (laughs) So she's not like there, she's asking me kind of about our church. Like, where is it? Where did it, you know? And I could tell, like, she didn't really have any interest in coming. She's just asking questions. Small talk. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, and I'm not a small talker. I'm more of like, what's the mission? What are we talking about? Let's, let's, let's hash out some big concepts. Right. So she's just like, man, me, I'd love to connect with you. I love, I love to exchange numbers. And so we, I kind of look and I'm like, yeah, after the event would love to exchange numbers, you know? And she's like, uh, She's like, okay, great. And then we're sitting down and she's waiting for her husband. She has a seat saved for her husband. And she's like, oh, uh, my husband has a seat up there. Um, uh, I'm going to go sit with my husband, but I'll find you guys after. Have a great day. And she walks and she gives her husband a kiss mm. who happens to be Terry Crews. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted to go to lunch with us. <laughs> we're all feeling your pain. And I, yeah. you know, we're all like, yeah. I mean, she was in it. Like, she's like, we got to change numbers. Me and my husband would be. And then I thought. Mad. I wasn't rude, but I thought I could have gave more. Yeah. You know. And, you got to check uh, yourself, right? Because yeah. it's not even that that celebrity moment it's just it could be someone in your church yeah like we was once time kira and i were out on a date night all right and you know you're married so you know yeah. okay not every date night is hot and rough. sometimes date nights are discussion you know yeah, yeah. you're like get, you're hashing some stuff <laughs> yeah, out for real and so we we're in this this restaurant and i don't know i don't even remember it but we must have been having like a pretty stern discussion with each other that sunday this uh this lady said, said oh i saw you guys on date night the other night 
it looked like you guys were talking about something, so I didn't interrupt. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just felt real bad. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. Man, it's just it just it keeps you mm-hmm. conscious to go. Why was yeah? Can I preset my my perspective from the start? Yeah. And why was it on my A game in the sense of like yeah, regardless of who the person is, when you just when you experience that, you're just like why what like why was i in my head why were we yeah you know why why did we have a face like well, that that was unwelcoming or whatever back, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it was i didn't have vip you know no yeah it just was like you know you go to so many church services that right. when you have to go to one you think to yourself i've already been to five in one week you know right. and you're like do we want to go to another church service um which then you got to find a way to no we're gonna love this we're gonna enjoy this and you always yeah. leave and you go man that was fun but sure. but in the moment you you're leaving yourself your up. Yeah. yeah and i just i wasn't engaged right i wasn't um so so i mean that was experience i just learned like in the same way like you regardless whether it's a celebrity or not if someone is wanting to engage in conversation man just 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 switch yeah just be presentable yeah. be engaging <laughs> mm-hmm. have the conversation well, be you know yeah so i got yeah. A, i got a situation tell me what you guys would do in this situation <laughs> all right, all right, all right. this happened a few years ago my wife and i are on a date mm-hmm. and we're chilling we're talking we're looking at each other blah, blah, blah. then there's a member of the church that comes up oh hey how you doing blah, blah, blah. Hey, what's up how you doing yeah oh you guys are on a date mm-hmm. yeah this is my wife we're on a date oh cool let me pull up a chair and I'm in. I'm gonna bring my friend over here and we can all hang out together. Right, right. And then just walked off and then ordered coffee and came back. Yeah. So like, so me and my wife are looking at each other like, are we now on a double date? Like, <laughs> like what do we do? Like, what do? Yo, how do I? Sounds like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like. It was like really because yeah. when that person said. Are you on a date with your wife? Yeah, they and I clearly said, acknowledged yes. there was a sense of uh, I thought there yeah, was a social happening. cue to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good seeing you. Right. Blah, blah. It was like, oh, cool. Let me introduce you to my friend. We're going to grab some coffees and we'll be right back. And, and by introduce your friend, is it just a, a buddy or was this a girl he was interested in? It was another guy. Okay, mm. so it's just a friend. It's just yeah. a friend. That and I and never they joined met. you on your double date. And then they came and said, what else? So that's when you just you, you follow him up to get the coffee and be like, hey, bro, sorry. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get some. I'm trying to pull some game on my <laughs> yeah. wife. Right? Yeah. It's a date night. I'm trying to make sure this ends well. Yeah, You get me, bro. And if he doesn't here's get my that, no, here's my email. Here's my number. Let's <laughs> let's get let's get coffee another exactly. time. Right? Another day. Exactly. Is that what you did? <laughs> no. Oh, you let him sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, okay. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron's gonna. Aaron, Aaron's a. Uh, he's a pasta for the people. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's a true people's yeah, padre for sure. sure. Yeah. For sure. I think I would have froze too. I mean, if my brain activated fast enough, I would have followed. If it didn't, I would have looked at Ashley and been like, "I'll take you shopping after." I was just like, "Let's just eat this up. Let's let's do it." I was at a lot. Some of this notice. I was at lunch this week, and I was sitting next to Shia LaBeouf, and I was goes. trying to make an in. Because I'm a yeah. big fan of his Catholic story right now. Right, and I was right. waiting for an in to have it. But, like, people were coming up to him left and right. I'm sure. Like, hey, can I get a selfie? Sure. Can I? One one dude stat and talked for 10 minutes. Like, and Was the, he annoyed? He, he was kind him. the whole he was time. Kind. To every. It was literally, it was, um, we're at, in uh, mm. Pasadena. And they had a, it's indoor seating. But then they had two, like, cafe chairs outside with tables and chairs. So the place was packed. So when me and Ashley came out to eat, well, we noticed he was there when we walked in, but there's nowhere to sit. So we just went outside and sat to the table next to him. And then I thought, 
uh, I'm like, if, 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 uh, cause everybody knows, like famously, I tell Matt Damon story a lot. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm the same way I had a conversation <laughs> with Matt Damon. Right. Uh, I'm going to make it in and have one with Shia. If there's downtime, like if the other guy he's with looks at his phone, if there's a quiet time yeah, and he's just like looking up in the sky or whatever, like happens at lunch. Sometimes you're just eating your food. No one's saying anything. I'm like, if that happens then I'm just going to say something briefly. Well, he gets stopped for like, we're there for like 30 minutes. Like four people come up to him within in that, that span and they're talking. Some are getting selfies. The dude is nice to every person right. talking to them as if like they're good friends, which I was like, oh man, that's cool. I've always had everybody in society has more of this picture. Like he's a pretty off tempered guy who hates right. paparazzi and all this stuff. And right. he was the nicest guy ever. And then, um, but I didn't get, I didn't get the end to have that, that conversation. And then, um, but I was like, and it's okay. It didn't need to happen. Because then I don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, can I join a chair with you and have lunch with you, Shia? So I just left it alone. I was like, I was I'm trying like, to do hallowed right now. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to promote this, uh, my confirmation that's happening. Um, we just talked about it. Yeah, so now, I mean, I, and I love seeing people now, like when I'm out talking to people and stuff, because I've just learned that one instance, all I needed was that one instance with uh, that Terry Crews thing to happen to me that just be like, didn't have anything you. to do with yeah. his celebrity, just more of like, like you just didn't need it. You didn't need to be in a bad mood like that. You could have, you could have, you could have come out of it really fast. Totally. Um, so now I'm just like anywhere. I just immediately, you know, see someone, I fix my face and like engage in that conversation right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And follow up and build that relationship. I have a video for you that mm -hmm. I want to share with you. Oh, this is exciting. Adam. And, <laughs> I want to know this your exciting. thoughts, okay? So, Gabe, you got the one that I that I, I feel gave like you. This is a set yep. sorry, it's sorry. not the a way you presented this. I just want <laughs> it just was a good transition to lead into something. I got a video I want you to check out. There's the new uh, Snow White Seven Dwarfs. Uh, it's supposed to be coming out through oh, through Disney. Wow, let's go. <laughs> and uh, there was an interview between Gal Gadot, who's supposed to be, I guess, the the witch in it, and then the girl who's the new Snow White. Right. And they make a comment in the interview. That oh. I wanna, I, I wanna hear your thoughts on. So, Gabe, if you got it, play it for me, man. Yeah, I'm ready. You said you were bringing a modern edge to it. It's no longer 1937, and we absolutely wrote a Snow White that she's is not gonna be yeah. saved by the prince. She's not gonna be saved by the prince, and she's not gonna be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be, <laughs> and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. Yo, there's no longer. A prince, prince that's needed. The prince ain't coming. Uh, <laughs> she gonna I, save herself. I don't need no man. Yes. No yes, man queen. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes, <laughs> queen. And we don't got the normal girls that are hanging out in our podcast. We're filming this on an off Saturday. So right, right, right. We got the guys in the yeah. prince. It's not dangerous. <laughs> Normally, we put girls on the podcast to help even, even us out. But that's yeah. nice. That's nice. So we don't go off board too much. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bro. You know, so we're having this discussion right now in our house because I'm a dad of three daughters. Okay, yeah. so I am a big fan of of my girls having a strong identity mm -hmm. that uh, that their identity isn't a dependency. Yeah. You know that there is a complement that a husband and wife bring together, and uh, so I'm a big fan of seeing my girls empowered. You know, seeing my girls uh, live their best best calling in Christ, all that kind of stuff, and so. Yet we're having this discussion at house because they're all amped on the new Barbie movie. Okay. 
and they're mm. they're psyched about it. Yeah. But we literally on my family thread because my eldest is twenty now. My twins are about to turn seventeen. Actually, my eldest is about to turn twenty. They're about to turn seventeen, mm. and so we have these family chats where we go in on a lot of discussions as a family, and the discussion that I'm having is that this is a feminist movie. Mm-hmm. From the perspective, because I got no problem with Barbie being the, I think in the movie she's like the president, she's a lawyer, she's a doctor, she's all these accolades. Ken is just there to look good, and so yeah. uh, Hype Beast actually put out a little little comment about it. Of all the the different, I think people to speak about, Hype Beast was going in on they call it Kennedy, mm. where it's like in the fashion world where yeah. he's you know he's dumb. He doesn't have much going on for him. He's there just to shave his legs and look good at all times. He's a, an accessory for Barbie, mm. but he's well-dressed all the time. Mm. And so mm. they were literally presenting mm. it as the role reversal. Mm. The amazing, yeah. finally, we've got the role reversal where the man is the accessory. And, uh, you know, so we were going in on it. And some of the language and some of the, the, the scripting mm. For me is like, okay, cool. I'm sure as a girl you could go and enjoy Barbie movie for all the comics and all that kind of stuff. But what message are we sending to young men? For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because my brother, he has all boys. Mm-hmm. And it, he brought it to my attention where he's like, it's so hard these days to find a film that makes a man a hero. Mm-hmm. That, and there's nothing wrong with a woman being heroic, but it doesn't right. have to be at the expense yeah. Of a man being presented as stupid or lame or ignorant or dumb. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think my my take on that, I'd love to hear you guys, but my take on, on the Snow White one has to be, sure, make a film about a woman being independent, strong, and, you know, finding her true self or whatever the language is mm-hmm. that she yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. Why take and corrupt a classic for sure. Prince Charming moment. Yeah. And undo that work. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the intent behind that yeah. is to undo what's been done. Yeah. Instead of just going, hey, let's write a new script because there's no limit of creativity. You can write a whole new script. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But to right. take something that was done and let's undo it for the next generation and let's wind it back because this generation grew up with the Prince Charming, you know, yeah. rescuing the princess and yeah. bringing her back to life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and it, it just... I think another element is like if there was proof in the pudding, then great. But like every one of the movies that they're doing, they bomb. They don't make profit. They bomb. So now that becomes propaganda because propaganda operates at a loss. Yeah. Like we just do it because it operates as a loss because it's about changing ideologies and culture and all that. And we're going to take all the financial hits, right? Yeah. So it'd it'd be one thing where I'd start evaluating as a pastor if I was like, well, Every movie that they're doing is just blockbuster hits. Yeah. So clearly culture's going that way. So I'm just not going to comment on it and I'll and I'll and I'll just keep moving in this direction. Yeah. Like that'd yeah. be one thing. Yeah. But it's another thing where it's like nobody wants it. Yeah. Like nobody's going to watch this stuff. No one's going to view this stuff. Right. So create new storylines and attempt to make a profit yeah. rather than taking the stuff that people are familiar with that you're trying to, we know what you're trying to do. You're trying to go off nostalgia. Right. You're trying to get us to go in there. So then there's a level of indoctrination that will occur with our young people. But it's like, but as parents, (laughs) we've, have we not made this clear? Like we're not going to take them to these things. So even the point where I heard with, uh, well, there's a couple things that are just odd about the Snow White movie. Number one, it's not seven dwarves. It's, um, 
seven bandits. <laughs> yeah, and right, they're right, uh, right. they're multicultural. Yeah. They're multi. Uh, they're I multi. I thought you were gonna uh, say like little people or something. No, no, no. no they're like, bandits. They're going right away. They're oh, bandits. it's just gone. And there's only one door. There's no door. They're not they're, dwarves. Yeah, there's no dwarves. Weren't they miners originally? Like they worked in the mine or something like that. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah they Why were like they just go seven miners. Yeah. So they're like so they made it bandits. Okay. I think it's bandits. It's something like that. Right. Odd. And then there's girls and guys, and they're all ethnicities, oh. all genders, and everything like that. So they're now the seven bandits or whatever it is. And so now little people are going like, hey, there only are a few historic movies that we like, get to be that heroes. we could actually act right. in. Right. You know, and yeah. and now for inclusivity, yeah. you've excluded us, little people who are like real people who uh -oh. exist in this world, right. who you could easily give the most famous little people actors in a in the game an opportunity or, or even a, you know or to even be in a, this, a, right? or even a, a what do they call it a leg in or when you your first step in your foot in the door yeah. because we have a we have a um, African American um, uh, little person who's uh, been attending our church for years and years and he's trying to be, become an actor right yeah. and I'm thinking to myself man like yeah. that, that could have been his foot in the it. door that was the moment you know and so yeah. so if you're all you know it's all under the guise of woke and yep. it's like well yep. this is an African American little person this is diversity yes. equity that, and yeah, inclusion yeah, that yes. could have had purest this, form. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. spot that was taken from him and who's more um, what do they say um, marginalized than yeah. little people 100% yeah. 100% yeah. and now they don't get that opportunity at all. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would even be like, e even if they opened it up to other genders and still stuck with dwarves, I'd be like, okay, I'm, that's a little modern take. Yeah. I'm cool with that. You know, sure. like, like, you know, it's not going to be all the same guys that we knew grumpy and this and that. And, you know, maybe they still are, but it's going to be a girl, but they're still a little person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still, yeah. it's still mm -hmm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, you know, like we can, okay, we can rock with that. No, they just completely threw that out. I think the movie's just called Snow White or whatever it is. And then the other thing, which is like, now you're just changing the whole storylines. You change the whole storyline. The, the yeah. prince never kisses her when she's asleep because when right. she's asleep, she's not able to give consent. Oh boy! So, mm -hmm. so, so they've wow. eliminated. <laughs> they've eliminated. Wow! Like the crux of the story. Oh, that's crazy. They've eliminated the crux of the, it's not even the story <laughs> hey, anymore. You gotta be me too. <laughs> right. The Yo. prince is like she, he, he yeah. saves her life. She wakes up and then she goes to the courts right. and sues him. <laughs> and that would be the ending. Oh, that's amazing. And then he loses his kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that's, she takes it all. Oh my. Gosh. That's incredible. That is incredible. That, that, would, so be, I mean, that, that, that would be the ultimate I, you know, woke story. I want to share some perspective because I have three daughters as well. So, <laughs> so I advocate for my daughters to know that their identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. You are a leader. You don't have to depend on a man, et cetera, et cetera. But my oldest daughter just got married. So we would go on walks and have conversations about biblical submission to a man because right. that's part of my role as a father to teach that. So while I want my daughters to lead, while I want my daughters to be in their calling and their purpose, there is a covering biblically of right. male headship. Right. So there's this, there's this um, mm. as a father, how do I empower my daughters to, to be all God has called them to be? But if God has called them to be married... Um, Th this is God's play, and we are to run that play. When I see what's happening in culture where we're trying to just use the name Snow White and then just try to create a, a scenario that are going to change the next uh, generation, I think about the book of Exodus to where 
Pharaoh was trying to kill all the boys. Mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is, is the females, it says they feared God and they didn't kill those kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's going to take, because like we were living in a society where we have corrupt leadership that allows this, this penetration of this women empowerment and then to counsel out what, what men look like. Yeah. But if you, but if you, if you look at Exodus, what ends up happening after that, after those women spare the sons, then he's like, okay, throw them all in the now. But then you have a sister that is protecting her brother. So all through the biblical narrative, mm-hmm. we see that, okay, we can work together as gender, but at the same token, it comes from fearing God. We're mm-hmm. in a nation that doesn't fear God. And once you mm. f- don't fear God, there are no values. Mm. There's yeah. no submission. There's no freedom. So then, so then you get, oh, it's not, it's not 1938 no more. This is what it's going to be now. But wait, what? Okay, so how will that woman be protected if there's crisis? Like, does that person have to depend on anyone? Like, so that's where I struggle because I acknowledge what she said about like, hey, we don't have to have this dependency. You're right, because our our sufficiency is in Christ. But at the same token, to erase manhood, I take Mm -hmm. offense to that. And I think that's that's what it is. It's erasing because, you know, they, they act like that Hollywood has never had strong, independent women. I mean, even going back to Star Wars, you had Princess Leia, who was a strong, independent woman. Yeah. You have... Terminator, where you have, um, and I'm sure Corey can just spout, you know, spout tons. Them, Corey. What are they? What, give us some. Uh, alien. alien, alien, Tomb Raider, Kill Bill, Terminator, Kill um, Bill. You know, yeah, like so. So they're act, they're, yeah, they're acting like this is some some big, rev, but it's not. It's not what they're adding. It's it's what they're taking away. Yeah. Where you exactly. you still had. Arnold Schwarzenegger and the what was the woman's name in Terminator Two? Um, that was uh, Sarah Connor. That was tough, bad A. You know, right. so you had Arnold, <laughs> and so you had you had the, the the strong male figure, but you also had a strong female figure, and nobody ever watched that and thought to themselves, oh, you know, I don't I don't want my daughter watching this because she'll feel like an accessory. It's yeah. like all sexes enjoyed it, all sexes, and got. Yeah. value and worth given yeah. to them in that in that role so it's really what they're taking away they're taking away the masculine male we have a picture from a of, lot the of dwarves put it, for those watching us on youtube can see it gay yeah, put it there's there's snow white in the corner and then you see all the dwarves up on top so they're all just like then, uh there's one dwarf they're ba- there's one dwarf and then the rest are basically minorities uh, who are not dwarves? Can and we zoom in? Men and is there, women. Is there? I think I think Gabe will be able to. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. He, he's zooming, zooming. Oh, and let me see this one. Up. One more example because I have kids. Um, is is the new Spider-Man uh, movie with Miles and, and the universe and the Spider-verse. other uh, Spider Woman, and you know they seem to have a good balance with that too, of the Gwen Stacy Gwen Stacy's character and, and, and being strong yeah. independent and yeah. then Miles Mi- they didn't take anything away from Miles as a masculine male figure yeah you know and that seemed to be yeah. a good balance and it made tons of money yeah. so what are the movies that are making tons of money seem to uphold kind of these traditional values of, of masculinity yeah. um so well, like, you take, like you said, yeah. look at the money look at the money is any of the none of these movies that devalue male very few of them if any of them are actually profiting and making money almost none. from this I'll sort t- of I'll tell tactic. you what happened in my house. My, my daughter's 27. 
Um, and I have two other daughters that are 11 and 9. And what I loved about when they would hang out, my oldest daughter, Eileen, would have my younger daughters watch movies together, like old movies from back in the day or old cartoons that she used to watch. Mm -hmm. One of the cartoons Eileen used to watch is called The Proud Family. Mm -hmm. It was a black family. It was in the 80s. And, and now, so Eileen, Faith, and Trinity are watching The Proud Family. The Proud Family just recently came out with another version called The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. Mm. I didn't know about this. So Faith and Trinity are just... I hope that's not the prouder I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, so Faith yes. and Trinity oh, are wow. just watching what their sister told Damn. them to watch. And I'm in the kitchen and I'm seeing a boy wearing lipstick and he end up, ends up being the most popular kid in school because he had courage. Right. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're louder and prouder. So it's just yeah. taking things that... And it just it just crept in my home like that. If I if I wasn't intentional to see what was going on, and my daughter's eleven and nine, they don't know. I mean, it's a clear agenda, right? There's a propaganda. Yeah. There's a mission that, whether it's the LGBTQ, uh, the feminist movement, um, it's very very clear agenda. Let's let's undo, not just let's yeah. redo, but let's undo. Let's mm -hmm. take that old family. Let's take you know Snow White and Seven Dwarves. Let's rewrite it. Let's rewrite yeah. the narrative. For the next generation i think when it comes let, let's just maybe just i could comment on the raising daughters to be strong women it comes from and you, you mentioned male headship right mm -hmm. what the feminist movement has done has actually done they have they have de-emphasized the power of a female role they've actually mm -hmm. said that a female's role in a family unit in the house in leadership is not good you need the male role that's what they said. That, but really, hmm. what they, sh what if they actually cared about women, they would help them see the power of their role, mm -hmm. right? That their role in a marriage, it there is male headship that's very biblical, but your job as a woman of God is not even to be an echo of mm -hmm. your man. You're meant to be an amplifier. Mm -hmm. If you're meant to just be, sub if you see submission as I'm, I'm an echo. So whatever you say, I say. Whatever you think, I think then you're actually going to always see yourself as secondary. To be submitted doesn't mean you're secondary. Mm -hmm. To submit it is means I am positioned to amplify what we do here. It's the same with a campus mm -hmm. setting. You know, you're, you're Pomona campus mm -hmm. right now from ALFC. You could literally see your campus as, well, we're just an echo of the main campus. Oh, no. Or yeah. you say, hey, we've got the privilege of amplifying yep. the main mm -hmm. campus. Yep. Then that role becomes significant and actually very key in the success of the church. It's the same in a marriage. Mm -hmm. If I just see myself as a, if a female just sees themselves as an echo, they're going to miss the fact that you get to amplify all the values. You get to amplify everything that we stand for, every direction we're going, and actually take that privileged position. But it's a feminist movement that is... And there's a saying uh, in crit critique of that to support what you're saying is um, women are becoming the, the men that they want to marry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so women oh. are becoming the men that they want to marry. Right. And it's because they're taking on themselves masculine traits. Right, right, right. And, and biblically, we are complementary. Mm -hmm. And so women have their unique, distinct That's roles. That's yeah. complementary. Yeah. yeah, and men have their unique, distinct roles. And yeah. so women are being dissatisfied. They, they can't find a man or they're dissatisfied in, in their marriage yep. because they become the men that they want to marry. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Which, which, like, and that is, a, that's, that's, like, where the danger is not only for culture society but for, for men and women because then then men's proxy will be laziness because of it will like yeah. the moment i have to kick back and that's one of the things like i always go back and forth with ashley my wife because anyone who knows ashley is ashley is strong mm -hmm. like not only just yeah. emotionally but like physically she is strong she is tall so she 
has the ability to really like she has the ability on a on a physical sense to fully take care of herself yeah. right yeah so she can muscle anything she can move the couch she could bring in the trash cans she could i mean Yo, stuff that you know stuff that would normally oh, yeah. be She's like a... oh that's a man like ashley's yeah. like yeah. i don't need adam to do this stuff blah 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 <laughs> but i'll tell her like hey you could partner with me yeah uh allow me to help you with these things because because if you don't I will just come home and kick my feet up. Yeah. And and then that's where chaos will ensue oh, sure. is if you say, I'm going to, now it's another thing if she's yeah. saying, well, but I keep asking you and like, you never do this stuff. Okay. Then there's responsibility on me. But for her, if she just continues to go, man, I could get, the, I could do this with the kids. I can move this. I, Adam, like, we're good. You just provide financially. I'll handle everything else. Then I'll go, but then I'm gonna get, I'll get lazy, mm-hmm. and then sure. that actually isn't gonna garner respect from me yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. It's actually gonna make me lose respect because now there is a miscongruency in our family dynamic yeah. Yeah. that that I you have to let me be a man, let me protect you. You yeah. know, should be like, oh, it's good. I'll learn how to do these things, and you don't. I don't have to worry about you. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you gotta. I gotta protect you. There, mm-hmm. there is a, there is a, there is a switch that has to trigger in my head. That I protect this family, I lay my life on this family, and she's like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, you know, it, 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 she has to. That part of that, I think, what you're saying is amplifying, and that that um, unity is yes. like, I recognize we're different. And I also recognize I have to give you the space for you to be a man and me to be a woman. For sure. And if we try to switch this, then we're going to see chaos in our home, and we're going to see chaos in our marriage. That's what Caleb was saying. You know? You can't compliment each other if you're competing with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so when the the woman is trying to do the man's role, it becomes competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than mm-hmm. complimenting, you bring something different. I bring something different. Together, we're amplifying way more than we could do apart. So let's let's compliment. And let's not compete. Yeah. And let's right. show our kids that. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that when they see the movies, they're going like, "Well, that looks nice. I saw Barbie. It looks nice, but that's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I want a kin." who I could do life with, who could be the prince, yep. who could be the provider, who could be the protector. I'm okay with wanting that. And in the same way, a guy can say, I want a woman who can be feminine, who can love her herself in the sense of confidence in herself. And none of us are saying that like, women can't you know. be successful, business, like whatever Barbie's yeah. got going on, lawyer, doctor, president. Right. Yeah. You know, had yeah. nothing to do with that yeah. stuff. It just doesn't yeah. have to be at the expense of the man being the dumb, lazy, uh, yeah, yeah, do-nothing yeah. person. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yes. Both can succeed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, she can even be the the main r- provider. Yes. It don't matter. Yeah. Provision from Sugar a man. Mama, yeah, go. <laughs> I'm, I'd be down with that. You know, <laughs> provision yeah. is not a financial sense. As a man to provide yeah. means that you are articulating vision and direction for your family in the way that God has purposed you to do. Well, that's leadership. You know, leadership yeah. is servitude, and that's yeah. what I try to do with my daughter. She, you know, this isn't the 1950s. This isn't the 1500s. Um, where the priority for raising a daughter is she lives with you and you take care of her until you can find a suitable suitor that can take, take care, care of her. Right. You know, now, yeah, nowadays we live in the 21st century. I want her to go to school. I want her to be educated. I want her to have a good paying career. I yep. want her to be financially independent mm-hmm. and not depend yep. upon a man. So more we're than likely, by no means taking away from that. Yeah, and more than likely, if you live you in know, Rancho Cucamonga or Silicon Valley, it's more than likely going to take a dual income house yeah to kind of reach the the goals and dreams that you want to reach as a family yeah that's where i think everyone mixes it up it's like the moment you start talking about uh 
uh, marriage roles and identity roles, it's like immediately it equals finances and but I don't get to be pursue my dreams. It's like it, had no, it has nothing to do with that stuff. You know, like now that could you can easily abuse those things mm-hmm. and you could go into really unhealthy tracks. But you could do that with anything. Right. You know, yeah. being, a, I, I, you know, talking to young men all the time. It's like, hey, well, I'm doing this job and me and my wife love it. She's going to go be a nurse. So she's going to make four times as much as me. Yeah. Does that make me less of a man? It's like, no. no, are you making you less of a man yeah, yeah, because yeah. of yeah. that? Like, because that should have nothing to do with your ability to have an identity and and an, and a voice and an authority in your home like you can still when everyone gets home you guys you can still lead prayer for your food with your family actually yeah. the worst you thing can, that a know. man could do would be to go i just got to find a career that pays more yeah because you'll actually be unhappy and you'll actually serve your family terribly for what sure. would be better is hey let's let's pursue passion let's do what we're passionate about what we're called to do what we're gifted to do passion will always Money will always be attracted to passion. When you do yeah. something well and you do it to the best, mm. you actually find money will find its way to you. At the end of the day, what is better, it, regardless of opportunity uh, to maybe your wife makes more money or whatever, great, but are we both passionate about what we do? Yeah. Yeah. And then our lifestyle is echoing, uh, amplifying each other, encouraging each other. And I think what mm. we're seeing with that clip, like it's, it's clear propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, right. it's a narrative. Yeah, yeah. So our response definitely has to be let's teach our kids yeah what are we what are we seeing here what's the yeah. message and hopefully boycott it enough that they just yeah. go we just lose way too much money to push this propaganda anymore yeah right, maybe right. maybe we should start having good storytelling and maybe we should start really pursuing things that are healthy for people cuz that's eventually like what they're going to I mean, that's what people are consuming. You look at you look at Top Gun Maverick, right? Like the latest best movie that's ever done in probably the past five years in terms of finance and other areas. You look at it and you're like, man, this is an authentic story. The girl finds the guy. They fall in love. He's doing what he loves at the highest form of what he loves. He's a beast. He's willing to risk it all for the sake of honor and integrity. Loves he, his country. You know, loves his country. America, mm-hmm. shout out. Let's Eagle go. scream, everything. Excellence. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you just look at the clear nature of the storyline, which is not fancy. It's yeah. not overexposed. It's the young kid who's made for war, who just wants to go and fight. And then he ends up finding himself and says, you know, this is both all the young people in there are just hungry. They just want to go out, fight, kill. And then by the end, it's more about honor, integrity. Uh, He honors an elder in his life. Like you just look at this, you go, this is healthy for a community. It's healthy in a family. Yeah. uh, Tom Cruise repents mm-hmm. for leaving her at one point. It's like, it's not going to happen again. Right. I understand what I value. Everything you look, you're like, oh, that that's how a man ought to be. He wasn't perfect. He had a lot of failures. He had a lot of mistakes. He owned them. Yeah. He fought for forgiveness. He led well. Okay, this is a great story, and everyone is strong in it. And even in that movie, they had girls that were pilots that were some of the best in it. Yes. Yes. And no one said, like, man, those girls... They shouldn't be pilots. And if someone did, then you're weird. You're a misogynist yeah. at that point, right? right, right so that's right, something right, I'd right. want. If I, I only have sons, but if I had daughters, I'd be like, Still time. before you watch Snow White, go watch Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Go be a pilot before yeah. you go and be a 
princess that leads a country that you know right. doesn't need a anyone you know like yeah yeah yeah, be yeah. a pilot it's a great well, career, I, I just know, I like, just learned this and I was I was just flabbergasted that uh, Russia in the World War II uh, you know I'm a, I'm a bi- big I'm a big student you of know Russia I just like Russia he, he but I'm a big fan here but, here but I, I just learned for. this no this 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 bamboozled me because I'm I'm flabbergasted and bamboozled I'm reading history well I'm watching a history documentary on Netflix right and so I'm learning about how how the Allies defeated Hitler and right and so but I didn't know that Russia um, one of the key elements to their defeating of the Nazi forces was because they were the only army that had women fighters Oh, really Mm. and they did you know because Russia's very uh, harsh terrain and so all of their citizenry fought and the women were tough as nails um, as they were fighting in the snow in the trenches but they were able to a a key element to their defeat of the Nazis Russia uh, was (laughs) the women forces Well, and I think there's yeah. a, so there's a new show coming out. I think America um, beat the Nazis. Well, no, team effort, team effort. No, Russia lost more. Russia had more, more. They had massive fatalities. They had the most fatalities. The biggest cost. I passed my naturalization test. We have back-to-back World War champions. All right. I don't know. I'm trying to be a missionary to Russia. That's why I'm trying to get my passport because because he because Putin's offered American citizens to be. Uh, citizens. You probably so, can't uh, hold yeah, dual since, citizenship. Since they're though. so evil, I want to go to Russia and I want to be a missionary. <laughs> so, uh, supposedly they're so evil, they tell us. Yeah. So, Are they you evil? Know. And embrace. I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but yeah. No, they're a Christian nation, though. There you go. Yeah, they're, they are they're actually Orthodox, yep. Eastern Catholic Orthodox. Orthodox. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Shout out. So there's. This is the where pope. you go when you and when you go molecular into into things that actually need to perform and matter, and you start to see the importance of of the roles, right? So mm-hmm. in the case of what you're saying, World War II, also for us, like uh, engaging women as nurses and other things like for that, sure. like we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to really build our teams the way we did without them. If you credit and study World War II, like women going into nurses and medics in the field were, was like an insane advantage to us. Yeah, right, And then right. learning those things. It's true. I think the difference uh, yeah. there, though, in that beautiful uh, little Russia example is, uh, I think it's, it's, it shows you, okay, women are obviously able to fight and and do mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think Russian leadership were thinking women empowerment, though. I think they're You're more right. thinking communism, you'll do what we tell you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we need more people. <laughs> and, we're taking too many yeah. losses. Uh, women, <laughs> yeah. fighting. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah, I'll a, try to give them credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say anything wrong about China and when Russia I try to be, well, when I try to be, it was the, no, I was trying to be nice to women. I was trying to build up women. That yeah. was the whole point. I was, more than building up, yeah. I wanted to yeah. build up women. Yeah, they were, they were out there to help win. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a new show. I don't know if it's going to be woke or not, but but go. but it's called uh, Lioness. And Definitely going to be woke. And a, yeah, I know, right? When you hear it, you go, uh-oh, is it a Lisa Bevere sermon or it's is a- it a <laughs> <my> show? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a new show. Yeah. I love uh, John and Lisa Bevere. I love, I love uh, them. So it, it's yeah. a new show called Lioness, but what it is is it's um, – I don't, I don't fully know, like, how the premise deep, but apparently it's it's uh, how, how – um, on the field between CIA operatives and FBI operatives and stuff like that, um, there's a huge conglomerate of, of women who are in 
in the military and in the CIA, and it's their full job to embrace their femininity for the sake of war and for the sake of information. So they're called lionesses because they're sent out to the field. Oh yeah, and they have oh, some God. main jobs. They're meant yeah. to they're meant to bring uh, comfort to women in that other country and extrapolate information from them by mm, by yeah. embrace you know tell me girl you know what's going even to someone who's uh, like a woman who's muslim in the middle he's like what's it like they just immediately they're, they're meant to embrace that uh tell me what's going on mm. what's blah 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 you know Intel. how women mm. talk right yeah. but they they're meant to match their energy of conversation and mm. in the same sense they're also uh told to embrace their physicality as well and so a lot of them are in other countries and they're going out to dinner with politicians and stuff like that. And it's, it. it's this idea of, you know, it's it's the Delilah stuff and everything like that. But it's yeah. the sense of like when you molecularly look at stuff and if you want to get a job done, whether it's good or bad, the only way you do that is by truly embracing the differences between men and women. Like right. that's the only way the job gets done. Right. Right. When you look at yeah. when you look at like just the oh, I see where you're going. You know, with like yeah. you okay. just look at what Disney's doing and stuff. Like it's contrary right. to what is essentially natural, which yeah. you would think anyone who is secular, who is con quote unquote controlled by science, would be exasperating things based off of science, which is mm -hmm. men and women are different. The job can get done by both, but they get done very differently. Yeah. So why don't you just respect that, honor that, and elevate yeah. that, and make, whether it be it's movies, TV shows, just make it good in that way. Yeah. This show, and again, I don't know how they're going to spin the show, but if we look at it in truth, like, the show Lioness is not women in full guard military gear kicking in doors, you know, throwing grenades, right. and then, like, rescuing children. The men right. are doing that. Yes. Yeah. Because there's never been a woman who's right. ever been able to pass the SEAL team uh, uh, test. Right. So right. the right. men are doing that, but then the women are still, you know, they're same. Intel. Yeah, they're getting intel. Yeah. They're embracing their femininity. They're taking men they're on out. The front line. Like they're, you know, behind they're, enemy lines. Yeah. Just, yeah. And and equal in the sense of pay often yeah. and and position and title and rank. Right. They they have it. It's not like it's there. It's just the role is completely different. So it does not exist. It's, it'd be one thing if someone can begin to show me examples of where these things you're seeing on TV and movies actually exist. Yeah. In real where, life. Yeah. Right. Where the guy wearing lipstick is the most popular kid in school and mm -hmm. that's happening. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make that happen because they're the, the media is trying to build society off of that. Of but that's not real. Correct. The, the guy who's putting lipstick on him in the proud family or prouder in real life that's the guy so who's like really thing. hurt and broken what yeah. they're you know? suggesting like, then what the what the woke mob are suggesting and what they think is that society is constructed a way it is because of the original snow whites and those movies they're, right. they're saying because they portrayed a helpless woman who needed rescuing from mm. a man that's why we have the construct of male female yeah. uh, tradition patriarchy that's what they're thinking they're actually yeah. misaligned <laughs> right there. It right. wasn't Hollywood that shaped that. Hollywood followed yes. what the natural order was. Right. They mirrored yeah. it. They yeah. mirrored it, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so they thought, well, if that, they're just they're assuming that that is what constructed uh, the the male roles, the classic female roles, those kinds of things. So yeah. their thought is, well, let's undo it uh, through Hollywood. Let's undo it through that narrative. And my favorite response to like the the feminist uh, uh, that some radical feminists say is you know we don't need a man i don't need a man anymore right but it's like okay but everything around your life you needed a man in order to survive and exist what about the roads that you drove on sure. what about the car that you drive who built that a man the roads who built that a man the house that you live in who built that uh men built that 
you know, the, the, the phone that you're using, who built that, men built that. And so it's complementary in the sense that men build things in society that makes society yes. function. Women are responsible for the social and emotional aspect of rearing children, of social work, such as a lot of nurses, a lot of teachers, uh, jobs that have to do with engaging with other people. It, women tend to be, that's the jobs women tend to seek and pursue and they excel in. Whereas the, the, the stuff that requires building and creating um, is men. And so we need to learn to appreciate the, the unique roles and this mindset of I don't need a man. It's you don't live in the real world. Like you, you are denying reality by saying that. Because right. like I said, yeah. all of these things essential to exist in society yes. are men, the farmers. Who are the farmers? Did you eat today? Okay, th who are the farmers? You know, so you, you, just, the, you just go on and on and you realize that, you know, we need each other. We're complementary. Yeah. We can't we despise, need each other. alienate, yeah, hate I, each other. I you agree know? with you. I think we do need each other. I think that in, even in all those examples that you've, you gave, there are actually women in those settings. Okay, there are female engineers. There are female farmers. There are female construction workers. Okay. But that is more rare and that is a unique setting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Outliers, anomalies. It's more outliers yeah. and anomalies. And yeah. that's totally fine. If that's the desire of their heart, and I hope that that is their desire to do that, because naturally, biologically, as you gave a good example, that mothering and child rearing, that is a natural desire. I mean, you, you take my, my brother's mm -hmm. little boys, mm -hmm. he's got, he's got uh, two daughters and a, and a son. The two daughters come first. The son's the youngest. The house is full of dolls, play clothes, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. He comes in, doesn't want any of it. Just naturally sits out the front, yeah. watches the garbage truck every day. So there is some natural biology that goes toward yeah. those desires, testosterone, all that kind of stuff in the development. So yeah, natural right. career paths right. lend towards those kinds of things, right? right. Some danger. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, some things that are going to be, you know, require working with your hands, just problem-solving, engineering, those kinds of things. Yeah. Naturally things that women... Uh, let's be honest, way better than men at, mm -hmm. okay? That we're going to be all thumbs in that setting, right? Because it requires a deeper level of discernment. It requires natural female skills that they have, that they are blessed with by God, mm -hmm. okay? Now, the outliers, hopefully they're there by their own volition. They weren't there pushed there as an agenda, and yeah, they're the scapegoat right, to right, go, for sure. no, no, we need to be in construction. So mm -hmm. you need to go down that pathway, honey, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, now yeah. they're like, oh, I'm proving a point, but I hate this. Yeah, um, and so there is there is outliers in those settings, and mm -hmm. we're not saying that women can't do that. If that's right. the desire of their heart, and you want to be a coder, engineer, go for it. If you want yeah. to be a farmer and work out in the sun and, and push heavy machinery around, yeah, go for it. When in the I same way, if there's a man who wants to be a teacher, yeah, go for, sure. for it. A hundred percent. But more than likely, you're going to be higher on the empathy yeah. end, and you know, maybe nurture. maybe how you were raised lends you to that. But but it's definitely a lot less than. And so if women tomorrow decided, hey, we're not going to be teachers anymore, we would be in trouble in school in the same way if men yeah. decided, hey, I'm not running line anymore for electrical grids. Like, it's even in a house. My girls trouble, will scream, you know, like, dad, dad, there's a spider. So I'll run out literally. and yeah, I'll yeah. grab the spider and they'll like, but don't kill it. Yeah. And I'm like, and my son's like, peel the legs apart, <laughs> exactly. rip it apart, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. So they want me to get rid of the don't kill it because the, yeah. the empathy yeah. is like, I don't want it in my space, but please, like, yeah. just, you know, don't don't hurt it. Yeah. But a but a lad is like, 
Oh, my son's like, get the shoe. Yes. Stop it out. Let Look me at see its it. guts. But, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. One yeah. of the greatest social proofs of this is the most, um, the feminist country is Sweden, the most woke, liberal, feminist. You would say the, the country with the greatest equal opportunity for men and women. Um, and that's, you actually have the most disparity with men choosing certain jobs and women choosing certain jobs. Wow. So, because, because it's biology. Right, At the end of the right, day, right, right, it's, right. Hum, it's human nature. Women gravitate towards certain fields. And men volitionally, by their own choosing, gravitate towards certain fields. So you would think that, oh, it, it's the most feminist, it's the most equal country, therefore you'd have 50-50 construction where you have 50-50 tech, you'd have 50-50 right. um, teachers, 50-50 teacher, nurses, nurses um, but it's not, that's not the case at all. Yeah. Right. It's, it's actually you see more of a disparity. I think when I've heard the term, I don't need a man from a woman, I, I, my mind goes to like relationally. Like where a woman says, I can create my own life and I don't have to depend on like a male headship or male mm-hmm. provision, protection, blah, 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 blah. And with me having daughters, that's where for me, a part of, part of, part of me is raising my daughters to not think that discipleship, being a disciple of Christ is just preparing you to be a wife. No, I, I want you to look yeah. like Christ. So, yeah. like, so, yeah. but I want to model marriage in a way that is healthy so you can see two disciples mm-hmm. that are, right? Mm. But, but I think is, it, when somebody says I don't need anything, I think that the root of that is pride. Whether that's a woman saying it a man, whether it's right. me saying I don't need no help or this is right. that, because even Jesus said I can do nothing on my own. Right. I mean, we're talking about mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the community Beautiful. aspect tells us like, hey, let's rally together. There are some things that you are better than me at. There are some things that you just do way better than me. Mm-hmm. And there are some mm-hmm. things that I can add value to oh, your yeah, life. For sure. How yeah. do we work together in that? That's what yeah. I want to teach my daughters. Because what people don't recognize in marriage, there are seasons. So what you said about provision, I lost my job for two years. Right. And my wife didn't treat me any different because her treatment of me wasn't predicated upon how much money I made. Sure, yeah. sure. It's our it's our values, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right? So right. so, mm-hmm. and when I'm when I'm anytime my daughters um, have a unhealthy type of independence, I want to lead them more towards Christ as opposed to, well, don't say that because a man. This yeah. is a, well, well, what if their road doesn't involve them being married? And I think we have to be okay with that as pastors, where it's like there are healthy single people mm-hmm. sure. that will not get married. There sure. are healthy divorced people that are just getting well, closer I, to Well, and I'd like to say like that that was Paul's uh, encouragement for everybody to remain single. I mean, I, I joke, but it's like if Paul had what he wanted, there would be no... Yeah. Uh, a few uh, future <laughs> j- children yeah. in, in the church yeah. because his his preference <laughs> right. and so like but the, I say that because a, a lot of times traditional conservatives politically or in the church um, we idolize marriage we Correct. we can idolize marriage and it's like well first of all the, well the apostle Paul actually encouraged singleness over marriage and mm-hmm. for various reasons I mean even though marriage obviously still has its mm-hmm. blessings and 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 it's God encourages to get married. Um, but, but like you're saying, it's like we, it's important that we don't idolize, mm-hmm. um, marriage or, or anything above Christ, above our service, service of Christ. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's where well, our dependence has a purpose. and worship Marriage has a purpose. Comes. You can't idolize it because it's actually got a function and a purpose. There's yeah. a yeah. purpose to it, uh, that, that serves the, the purpose of heaven, the kingdom of God. Uh, and, uh, but I got a question. Yeah. Women can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right? Yep. We believe there's no, no yeah. limits to what a woman can do. If they want to yep. do engineering, they want to do all these things, great, go for it. It's probably with Caleb. Can women preach? Don't shoot. <laughs> Whoa! Shut it down. Whoa. Shut it down. It's all the time we got for two. <laughs> he hung up his headphones. Like <laughs> you hung up your headphones. I think we got a technical glitch, guys. Peace <laughs> out. I'm like, I'm like George Costanza. I'm quitting while I'm ahead. <laughs> In post, they're going to add like a crickle and then the and then a PSA, you know, system error. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh yeah. lordy, lordy! Well, I, I uh, well, I attend a church that uh, believes women should, can, should teach. <laughs> Our church holds, <laughs> but very political answer, right? <laughs> well, abundant living family church of which I pastor, we hold. <laughs> so Our board and deacons and every elders have decided. <laughs> Therefore, does, we does are, not uh, matter what I personally believe in. No, I forget I, the terminology because there's complementarian, which is full force. Um, women could senior pastor, lead pastor, all that stuff, preach, teach, and uh -huh. then they're egalitarian. What, uh, uh, is that what I'm saying? Egalitarian, yep. and then there's soft egalitarian, right? Which still believes. Well, no, you got the egalitarian, you got the complementarian. Complementarian. Well, this is big now with Rick Warren, right? Yeah, with Rick yeah, yeah. Warren and Al Mohler at yep. Southern Baptist Convention, yeah. the, the, the 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 biggest uh, Protestant denomination yeah. is in up in arms right now, about to split over this issue, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, do yeah. you know do you know about this more? Okay, so yeah. so I'm not too. Yeah. So it happened because uh, my good friends Andy and Stacy, uh, who are in the Silicon Valley, they started uh, Echo Church. They uh, recently became the lead pastors of Saddleback Church. Um, so they, they moved to, they handed on their church to my good friend Felipe. Now they're at Saddleback Church taking over from, from Pastor Rick. Rick. Rick, who traditionally Southern Baptist in all his 20-something plus years of ministry, has held the position that women cannot teach, preach, uh, from from the pulpit, or be pastors for that matter, or right? Be pastors, yeah. I think or it's pretty extreme. Yeah, I think it's yeah, pretty yeah. extreme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, very hardline kind of perspective. They could be a deaconess. Usually, it stops at deaconess, like right. you right. know, in the church. So now you've got hierarchy. Andy who brings in his wife as teaching pastor. Okay, okay, mm. which uh, mm. becomes pretty cataclysmic within the traditional Baptist convention, right? Where they then uh, kick out Saddleback from the. Uh, from and, the and the way it has to be done is they yeah. have to vote it, right? Correct. All members. Yeah. Correct. Um, and so, but on the heels of that, um, you know, Pastor Rick has come out and said, I changed I change my perspective. Mm -hmm. and he went and I studied repent, it and everything like that. Went and studied, yeah. actually did a deep dive, really started, because he realized all his teaching had come from the Baptist one-line convention. So everything was a supporting narrative of why he viewed that. Until he went out of that, actually started to do some deeper research of his own, not from his traditional library that he had drawn from for the last 25 plus years. Because you yeah. can do that as a preacher. Mm -hmm. You can definitely, you know, start in a tribe. Fit into your bubble. And yeah. then everything you do is echoed in that little, yeah. you know, chamber. Uh, he kind of went out of that, realized, oh my God, I've literally probably limited so many women because of a hardline perspective. Mm -hmm. he, he came out, I think he did a pretty bold thing. He, he repented. He apologized to all the women that have been under his ministry over the last you know twenty something years, I think it's it's good to do that. I think for for um, more anything, just himself, um, you know, and to to make amends right now. And I think for him, it was a bold statement, but it is a big argument all of a sudden again. Yeah, do you right. know what the result of the whole uh, thing was? 
the result is that they're still out of the Baptist. They movement. got kicked out. That was the result. The, yeah. They they voted at the SBC convention in um, March or May, and it was uh, unanimous. Ninety uh, percent, only oh, ten, nearly, ten, uh, ten percent. And on the only thing was well, that like, was the debate between Mueller yeah, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. going on. Yeah, and oh, the vote was okay. basically okay. the vote was basically in the sense where um, Rick was basically saying, "Let us keep our conviction," but there are. Uh, people here in the Baptist movement who are allowed to, um, you know, do different things when it comes to baptism or or when it comes to communion. Like there's enough room mm, in the SBC okay. that we've made because we didn't want church splits, denomination splits. Yeah. He said, like, we've made um, amends in the in the past for what seemed to be far lesser issues or even greater in that sense. And we've said, hey, you can still be part of the SBC. We just, as the SBC, we still hardline believe this. But if your church deviates a little in the sense that, you know, you want to become, um, what is it, complementarian? Mm -hmm. Complementarian, then we'll be okay with it as long as you still agree in the theological tenets. Right. And, and less about the doctrinal, ecclesial tenets. Right. And that's what he, that's all Rick was bidding for. Like, I'm not saying the SBC changed their belief on this. I'm just saying let us stay in mm. as a complementarian. That's it. And then 80, 80 or 90% voted, no, you're out. You're out of the denomination, only 10%, which is like, I think the vote was 10,000 people. So yeah. 9,000 voted them out, 1,000 voted them to keep. So they were um, they were expelled. It, well, yeah, only men are allowed to <laughs> <Yeah>. vote. So <laughs> it's going to be a pretty, pretty one-sided one one vote, right? So that I mean that's what happened. So you know, as Adam does, I know Andy too, and and um, and so you know they got kicked out of their denomination. Now, as far as I could tell, within the church itself, because there's a lot of churches out right now that are um, like SBC or denominational, and they hide it because to be a denominational church doesn't benefit your church growth nowadays. So you know they're they're mm. they were a sleeper denomination. Like right. no one in the church right. who attends Saddleback like knew they were SBC. And it's you not going to affect the church um, at all. Yeah, no. It's like, more of and like a growing more than ever. Sort of a fight or what? Well, it's what just was, internally between their like governance and stuff like that. So I'm sure if at some point you went to membership, I don't know for sure, membership, they would say, hey, we're associated with the SBC. Anyways, here at Saddleback, yeah. we believe, yeah. you know, it'd be like a, a asterisk yeah. thing. Throw away. Yeah. They, you know, in the, same, in the same sense, you know, you, uh, our church is non-denominational, but we but have alliance. roots. You would alliances never know, are important, right? though. For sure. Yeah, so I think it establishes some sort of an alliance, too, for the future. Being a part of, like, some organization, some denomination. I mean, it, yeah, or, it's, it, there's not, and they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, you got, a lot of people don't know how many SBCs, and I, and I could be, uh, I could be wrong, so people go check. But as far as I could tell, uh, as far as I remember, I think Furtick came out of the mm -hmm. SBC. Yeah. Um, uh, right in our backyard, Matt Brown with Sandals. I think he's SBC. I think Harvest uh, with Greg Glory came out of the SBC. Yeah. Erwin um, McManus. SBC. Right. So Andy a, and Stacy were originally, I believe. Were they? Andy and Stacy would. So there's a lot of sleeper churches out there. Right. That are either Assemblies of God, SBC or whatever. And like it's on the bottom of their website in, you know, like micro print, you know. And I think that so, the core of the um, matter is like whatever, you know, being a part of an alliance or being a part of a movement, I think that I think that's important when you're starting a church, you know, for validation mm, yeah. to say, hey, I'm mm. under accountability. Yeah. When you're Saddleback Church and you've got all the history that you have and you're so established, yeah. I don't think it really matters because everyone knows yeah. the ministry content, you know, the doctrinal ideas, theology, that kind of stuff. The bigger issue is uh, around the revelation, right? Yeah. And you can hold a hardline view on women in ministry or women in teaching or women pastors until you have a personal experience with a 
a woman who ministers in a way that brings revelation power and unlocks something, you yep. know, to to go, oh, what does that do with your theology when you actually yep. have a revelational moment from some teaching that came from a woman? Yeah. That you may have previously never experienced that because they were never allowed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're seeing with Rick Warren. Okay. Yeah. There was an experience that really challenged his doctrinal beliefs yeah. and his theology. And I was the same way. I mean, in 2011, I went to the Hillsong Conference with uh, our other brother, Nathan. And um, I, think the, the, I think the setup speakers, if I remember correctly, I think it was, uh, was Furtick and Phil Pringle and Joyce Meyer and a few others. And um, I got up and left for every Joyce Meyer session because I didn't wow. at that time. At that time, I didn't believe in women preachers, and wow. so because I came out of the MacArthur camp, I had to see. Even now, with Joyce, I thought Joyce would get a pass. No you know, way! Like... No, 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 no! <laughs> Not at that time, right? So I literally and Nathan, who's with me, like feeling so uncomfortable because every time she goes to be in, because they don't tell you who's speaking at no. what. So then they make the introduction. I'm like, well, time to go, and I would get up and I would leave. That's not abundant living stance, and it never historically has been. Right, but that was my season when I was at grace community or grace oh. grace and then under MacArthur. Sense. So, so yeah. I was hardline, like they sure. couldn't be anything right. And be outside of a deaconess. So I get up and leave every time, you know, a- until like you said, I-, I got out of the framework, which, which first started with me with um, moments where people had words of knowledge and, and a tongues experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that immediately made me kind of reevaluate. We've talked about it on this podcast before, and I started engaging tongues for the first time. And then I reapproached the scriptures. It, it, uh, not that the scriptures changed. I approached them out of my box that I was in. Exactly. And uh, it was like, well, let me look at what the other theologians who are well-respected interpret these verses as, okay, now let me put it into praxis. So then I started practicing tongues. I saw the value of it. I, I saw God move in it and all these other things like that. that. Like, okay, I think there's validity here. I can articulate scripturally why I believe it's true. And then it was like, then I felt God being like, so when are you going to do that with women? There you go. You know, mm. and I was like, great challenge. No, we're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, we're not going to do that. And then it's like, no, well, when are you, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And so then I, I just, I rewent to the passages, like, like Rick says, went into everyone's resources, both egalitarian, both complementarian. And then, um, ultimately I ended in, in, uh, I think it's soft, whatever. Cause I don't really yeah. care about any of the, I can tell you what I believe. I don't yeah. care about all yeah, the yeah. fancy titles that everyone's using in theolo- theology, but basically the sense that I, I still believe in male senior leadership and headship. I, I believe that there should be a man, uh, or male headship leadership in the seniority position. So I believe women could teach, preach, uh, be pastors, but the but the senior lead pastor uh, should be a male. I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that still is there and should be important. So I think they call that soft whatever, right? Where I think Rick went full scale to that they can even go and plant their own churches and be their own own senior pastors. I I, I think that yeah, I, did I, don't, know on, I don't know the facts on I don't know the facts on that. I, I I think you know that would probably have to be defined because uh, you know we have a campus that is led by a female. Yeah, but she herself. That's our San Francisco campus. She yeah. herself would say that she can do that because she's under my leadership. Yeah. Right. That she's in the same house. Oh, okay. It's just mm-hmm. another room. Yeah. So and she's a campus pastor. She's a campus pastor. So that's she's not, like, yeah. She hasn't started her own church, but she's under yeah. my leadership, mm-hmm. my authority. Mm-hmm. So I think the male headship, I think 
I don't think anybody's really debating that. I don't think that's the debate. Oh, it's for sure. Yeah, it's, that's it's what's on the table. The, yeah. Cool. Uh, because <laughs> because like, no one in SBC would agree with that. They'd be like, oh, no, she she can't yeah. preach to men at all. Sure, she can't no. be a pastor at all. No, so, I know that. You know, know but they that. would. Yeah. So but, I grew up in a Baptist church. Oh, no. I, I And I know so. full, full, full complimentary people who go, no, she can. So she you can would align more church. with his. Yes. That, that the senior, that yeah, has I to think, be male. Yeah, I think the senior leadership yeah, okay. biblical model is male. But but what people are going to take from that one sentence is, oh, well, that's really, you know, uh, chauvinistic. No, no. What we're saying is God puts it on a man to serve, to empower, to yeah. release. As a father, I don't mm-hmm. dominate my family. Mm-hmm. I empower them. Yeah. I give them every opportunity. I make sure that I call them higher. I tell them you can do this. Yeah. I'm not there to say, hey, stay in your position, daughters. Hey, wife, get in your role. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm there mm-hmm. to go, man, how can I be the best leader of this family mm-hmm. by seeing giftings on them and accelerating them, by providing pathways for yeah. them to outwork that gifting so they can actually live large to provide the best education because I'm going to be the best dad I can. As yep. a senior pastor, it's on you. To mm-hmm. see what's in women and release them. Yeah, yeah, To see yeah, what's yeah. in men and release them. It's not there to say, hey, these are the rules and the regular, I'm the man here. No, no, it's actually to be the biggest empower, to have the greatest, I would say, identity as a man, to be like Jesus and yeah. say, Jesus was an empower of women. Yes. Jesus had women supporting his ministry. Jesus was able, because he is completely secure, to see what they, but he also saw in 12 young men who they were going to, what they were going to do and empowered him and he dedicated his life to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so what there was is he saw in that too, Hey, your job is to go out and empower. Yeah. Go and empower. So he curated his calling, not because he didn't see anything in women, but he had 12 men to raise up to go and empower. But yeah. would you say, and I agree with you, I agree with you. Would you say that the man should, has the authority over the wife and over the children. Yeah, well, let's define authority, right? So, the, yeah, so define authority. Authority is covering. Okay, so headship, would that be Correct. synonymous with headship? Because I think head, headship is the biblical word in in Corinthians, I believe. A man is head over his wife. Um, and then I think authority may have been used as well. So is that kind of synonymous for your definition? Correct. So think, if we see headship, let's think umbrella, Okay. As an umbrella, if I'm holding an umbrella, if you submit to my covering, you come under, say it's raining, mm-hmm. and you just run over, you're like, man, let me get under that. Well, you're submitting to my covering. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're cowering or you're kneeling or you're surrendering. Mm-hmm. You're just coming mm-hmm. under this because mm-hmm. under that covering is the all authority of protection. Yes. You get to operate in who you are, but you're under that covering. Yeah. Right? That's headship. I'm mm-hmm. choosing to come under your covering so I can operate in who I am, but under that authority. Right. Okay. And yeah. that authority, that headship is a covering. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. the covering. I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. in prayer. I'm going to push through to actually make sure I cover this whole organization, this whole church, this whole flock, whatever yeah. God's given me the responsibility for. As the senior pastor, I'm going to take that with authority, integrity. That's why it's so uh, dire when a pastor and a leader decides to break that covering because everyone under them is affected. Mm-hmm. That's when they fall morally, all those kinds of yes. things. They yeah. literally mm-hmm. didn't just affect their yeah. life and their marriage. And that's a yeah. lot of the hot topic that's out there. You know, when these you know, celebrity pastors fail or whatever, and they're like, hey, this is just our personal str-. No, it's not. Because you were covering so oh, yeah, many yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so you actually broke a, a very spiritual code there as a cover and as a shepherd. You don't just get to say, well, hey, my private life is my... No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. You, you provided a covering. Well, why did Paul broke- spend so much time talking about 
you know, pastors and elders and right. and like so much dealt live. with how their personal life was. Exactly. You know? So like, then, so then, how just, do you how do you define? Because the 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 verse that's taken literally by the SBC is, "I do not permit a woman to teach." or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet and then go home and ask her husband to, to teach her. I think that's kind of, so that's kind the, of a paraphrase. So yeah. what would be Timothy, your right? um, message version? Yeah, your so um, <laughs> explanation of that? I, yeah, I response think Pastor to that. Adam had a great explanation for that, bringing in a cultural context of how women were worshipped in that city. Yeah, I mean that you know, and I get it. Like you, you, you cultural interpretation gets into muddy water. But my same question is, but he goes you know, back to Adam and Eve. I know, but they okay, MacArthur. No, but, no, no. But, but, but here's my biggest, <laughs> here's my biggest question, and I'm and I'm fine. I, I, I don't, I don't, don't I'm care. not, I don't care. But yeah. I, yeah, I really don't. But but here's my biggest uh, hermeneutic with with that yep. interpretation yep. of taking the contextual argument is that. Um, the LGBTQ Christian uh, people, Christians, they use that same hermeneutic for homosexuality. Right, 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 right. So if somebody can, can like, help no, no, me. No, 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 no. They yeah. use yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. They you can't do well, that. Right, but that's. Right. I know. I know. But it's I know the same. Saying. It's the same hermeneutic. I don't think it's where, the same hermeneutic. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I do. Well, unless you can help enlighten me why, how I can, yeah, I can, I can uphold. This is going to turn into a part I can two uphold, Bible study the whole time. I can uphold to women exercising authority through teaching. Um, uh, and that be ex- explained that that women can up- uphold positions of leadership over men because that was contextual. And they, but that's the same hermeneutic where homosexuals say, yeah, but the the admonitions against homosexuality was contextual. And it was talking about a certain type of homosexuality. But faithful yeah. monogamous homosexuality is OK and blessed by God in today's day because yeah. that was contextual. Well, that's pretty far reaching. So let, let's do this. Isn't it funny how, uh, as theologians, doctrinal leaders, we will exegete every other scripture in the Bible except that one and just take that one at face value. I do not permit a man, mm-hmm. a woman to lead over a man or to have authority over a man. We'll exegete and dig down on the cultural context of every other scripture except, oh, no, that no, one, we're going to just take it at face value. So, uh, especially if you're hardline, you know how to, you know what an exegesis is, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to take three approaches. Mm-hmm. You've got to say, what was the letter intended for them? Mm-hmm. What's it intended for us? Mm-hmm. And what's it intended for me? Mm-hmm. There's three filters you've got to apply to Scripture to completely understand the orientation of it and the destination of it. What is, what, what is the context that Paul as an apostle is speaking from, meaning what was going on in the church that he spoke to or a young leader that he spoke to? And what is the intended destination that he wants to take them to? These elements come in. So taking that as a face value, but not bringing in the fact of Diana worship and cultural contexts, all that kind of stuff, really misaligns uh, what was actually happening in the scripture at that time. And you're not appropriating it to what the cultural context is or what Paul was trying to produce in Timothy as a young leader. We also see that Timothy, Paul speaks to Timothy specifically as, hey, stop being so timid. Yeah. Timothy, Mm -hmm. stop abdicating your Mm -hmm. authority. Timothy, stop, you know, letting these loud people dictate what happens and have order in the service. So we know from the context of the letter, he's calling this young man who had an absent father because he saw the faith in his mother Lois, his grandmother Mm -hmm. Eunice. He had an Mm -hmm. absent father. Mm -hmm. And in another setting, he's like, hey, I'm not granting uh, permission for a woman to have authority over a man. 
is maybe there's something potentially just lost in translation from Greek, original Greek, to the way, or is it speaking to, specifically to a young man who's abdicating his authority, a young man who's not stepping up to his rightful as a leader over a church, or is he for all time saying no women okay. throughout mm-hmm. all history mm-hmm. will ever have authority over can, a man in I any sh- rent? Can any I side. share my experience? Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't do experience. <laughs> Sorry, we're not experiential. <laughs> <laughs> But biblical doctrine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it You've been it quoting scriptures it. for an hour and a half, and now you want to share a story. No, it, it aligns with it. It aligns with it. So, I'm raised in the Baptist church. Okay. My okay. dad is a minister. My mom is the minister of music. My mom teaches. My dad preaches. I go to Sunday school. It's a female that teaches me. Sister Your mom's go- mom, minister of music. You ever, you ever correlate that? It's pretty fancy. <laughs> Got it, Mr. Music. Okay. Sister Du Bois is my Sunday school teacher. I don't see her exercising authority over me. I see our senior pastor seeing giftings in her that'll help me learn the Bible. Her husband, Brother Du Bois, would take me to the park and play basketball. So that's Mm -hmm. where the compliment comes in. Mm -hmm. Where as as a boy growing up in Sunday school, I can learn some practical things from her teaching gift under the authority that's delegated to this woman by our senior pastor. Mm-hmm. So that that's how I reconcile it with my spirit. Now, yeah, I mean, but you were still a child. Even. So but, the SBC now, person would say, that's allowed until you're of age. Oh, so then his yeah. mom has no authority in his yeah. life as a grown man? So I, okay, so I'm Not talking in about a for me. sense. So if I they, say if their family today, decided to start a church tomorrow, they'd say no. So here, so in the home, the yeah. yeah. But I, in the ecclesia, no. If I had a conversation with my dad today, like if my dad's listening to this, and he knows that you have a campus pastor that's a female. His conviction would not agree with that. Right. That, 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 that's, you know, that's just what it is. At the same token, when I look at my experience as a man of God, like my teaching, my giftings are a compliment of my father and my mother. So, like, my desire to just exegete the text, be just have sound doctrine, that comes from my dad. Sure. But then the creative illustrations come from me being taught by my mom. Right. So I think it's it's looking at how the senior leadership, which I think we're all in agreement with, which is male headship, will have the gifting to also empower others in the community to be a blessing to the community. Right. So you've got two things, right? You've got the the uh, exegeting of scripture. You've mm-hmm. got the the structure of it. You've got to look at the context, all that kind of stuff. That's one, one thing aside. And we mm-hmm. could and that's where it's debated. You know, mm-hmm. the way you're going to interpret yeah, yeah, yeah. scripture, it's scripture interpretation. Missing cultural context, all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. When you're approaching a letter, what's the theme? First, pro- yeah. ex- it's, is it a letter to a church? Mm-hmm. Is it a letter to a person, a young leader? Is it a poem? These are all thrown out the window when this one scripture is approached. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to take it at face value. Now, at the same time, all of that aside, the proof is also in the pudding. Meaning, okay, if a fish, you say, can a fish walk on land? Not until one walks on land. The moment a fish starts walking on land, you're like, well, they, they walk on land. Okay. Mm-hmm. The moment a woman starts preaching, teaching, and you would judge by their fruit. That's what mm-hmm. Jesus said. Mm-hmm. So in our campus, Pastor Brittany, our San Francisco, we have had people come to Christ. People get saved. People get baptized. People go on and their lives transformed. They're in leadership directly under her who is directly under me Mm -hmm. so you're going to say well all of that is null and void because she was female or is what's actually happening proof the fruit of her ministry the fact that god's on her life 
Well, no, I think it's the God will use the gospel. I mean, he spoke through the mouth, not to compare a woman with an ass. But <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but that's always a fun illustration. When Where's Chelsea Nancy? How can God save through heretics? Because, well, I mean, the, because it's the gospel. And so God can, and Paul says it, whether it doesn't matter, I rejoice that Christ is preached, whether people do it out of envy exactly. or whatever, Christ is preached. And in that I rejoice. Exactly. And so that's what I would say to that. Um, but isn't that a point in case then? God can greatly use women, yeah, who are preaching, teaching, and, and operating in a gift of teaching. He can greatly use women. But here's practicing? the thing. I also have the church history illustration. I've been thinking a lot more of lately because right. here's the thing. I see the Eastern Orthodoxy as a legitimate Christian uh, sect. Okay. I also see Roman Catholicism as a legitimate Christian sect. And those are the two longest. So I see, I have to look at church history in regards to blessing and longevity. And so how is it? that you have these ancient Christian churches that have stood the test of time, that have stood the test of civilizational upheaval, and you still have them uh, functioning and growing. You still have them seated in Rome. You still have Eastern Orthodoxy um, uh, flourishing and and healthy. And they have very strict um, uh, complementary roles of male priests, when regards to Catholic Church, it's female nuns, male priests. And I'm not saying I'm Catholic. I'm not saying I'm Eastern Orthodox. I'm just saying that I think there is something to longevity and the ability of a denomination to last through time when those roles are honored of male headship and leadership and female um, submission. Um, And I think that um, this may, I, I would, I would venture to say if the Southern Baptist ever did open up that door where women can function as senior pastors, I don't think it would last beyond a generation. Now I'm not a prophet. I'm not a, uh, that I, I just don't, I don't, because when you look at a lot of the denominations that have ceded to that, um, they're all dying. Um, mo- a lot of them, um, Methodists, uh, um, a lot of the the more liberal denominations that have, were the first ones but they, to see to, to, e- to egalitarianism. They've embraced full the egalitarianism. Um, yeah, well, I know Pentecost was the largest growing. I know, but, but I mean, like Foursquare, AOG, like no, I'm not. You know, t- I'm not saying they can't, but but they're but the p- Pentecost is very varied. Yeah. They're not oh, really yeah, like yeah. united under yeah. one banner. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about uh, uniting under like one banner of they but all I mean, like, align Foursquare, Foursquare to has certain principles. Well, you know, uh, they, they can be successful, but what yeah. I'm saying is longevity, and and, and even with Foursquare, you're only looking you're looking at in regards to church history a hundred years. So what I'm just saying there is a there is a strong church history argument as right. well to the fact that okay, how is it that God has blessed the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, and um, for th- for thousands of hundreds, several hundreds years. And yet they hold to this very strict. Um, yeah, uh, but that's you know. where you and I differ. I, I don't. I don't think the Lord has blessed them to the degree that you're saying. Like, I mean, without well, without big the Catholic Church sure is they, like He's blessed like, them. Sure, no, He's blessed I mean, them. I, I don't necessarily. I'm not. I'm not trying to compare metrically. So. I'm just right. saying, clearly, the fact that they exist today. Over you, if abundant living exists fifteen hundred years from now as a denomination, I would like. I, I think I would say, "Wow, God has really blessed abundant living family church." Mm. Right. That, so that's what I'm. All I'm saying. I'm saying blessing 
as a definition of the ability to last through the but ages it, like, and still and still bring converts. And but what is entailed by that? You're lasting through the generations. You're still producing converts. You're producing um, genie, uh, but, succeeding generations that that align to that, that subscribe to that, that raise their families and bring up their children, their grandchildren there. And so to me, th they are blessed in that sense right. of being uh, able to last and having that longevity. And I just think th that's a testament to um, maybe they got some, maybe there's something to them having but just are there, male priests. But are there stuff and, in the Catholic church that you disagree with? And having a clear distinction. Of course I do. Having a clear distinction so, between I, all I'm, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just open-minded. I'm just saying, Hey, you know, that is interesting to me. That is interesting because I used to be like, not only, you know, I'm not as hard line with, males can only pastor and preach as I was when I was at MacArthur's, but I was just as hard against the Roman Catholic Church and saw them as a hered heretical faction. I no longer hold to that, and I'm also more open-minded with, with female preachers and pastors teaching over me. Um, uh, but um, I, another side note, big, big, big wake-up call for me was I used to avoid Joyce Meyer too, mm -hmm. right? But when I found out and I used to judge her for her prosperity message and all, oh, she's, she's so rich and she, she just cares about money. But I, then I heard her testimony yeah. mm -hmm. that, that she was abused by yes. her father every day for years. Yeah. When, I heard, when I heard that, that she, she mm -hmm. should be dead. She should yeah. have like been a drug addict, yeah, yeah. strung on the streets. Yeah. Uh, when I heard that, this woman can teach me anything freaking thing right. because yeah, she yeah, is yeah. on such a level yeah, of yeah. overcoming in exactly. life yeah. mm -hmm. i have i have i have no right to judge a See, woman that's a great point that's gone through You're getting something passionate. Like that. have a drink of coffee no that's, well that's, no, that's, listen <laughs> no caleb caleb that's a great point. i'm all over the place i know yeah. but just some different <laughs> what i think you guys are doing right now is you're, you're comparing fruit yeah, for sure yeah so the catholic church have produced fruit yeah the the modern postmodern era of church has produced fruit there's different kinds of fruit that they produce, yeah. but they're all producing fruit. Determining, you get to determine what fruit you want to produce. We can't say that there is no bad apples yeah. within the Catholic Church. There's yeah. no bad apples within, you know, the Pentecostal or, yeah. or mainline, you know, uh, church. That there are always bad fruit yeah. in the midst of it. You can't judge it by its fruit entirely. Yeah. But what fruit is it producing? The fruit of the Catholic Church is stability. Okay. Even when we plant our church in Rome. We did a campaign, and, and essentially it said it translated a new way to do church because mm -hmm. it was challenging this stoic traditionalism mm -hmm. that locked people up in religion. Yeah. Okay, so but the complaint was people were like, the, people were literally complaining like, how how is that possible? Church has been done one way for mm -hmm. thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. that could be the only way. And then we had a Catholic priest convert. They mm -hmm. had an experience with God. They they were tied up in all the corruption of the Catholic Church, so they came. They experienced it. They saw it on the subway each and every day on the metro. They came to a service, got saved, got transformed. Wow. Now he's getting married. Okay, oh, good wow. for him. What a great byproduct mm -hmm. of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. converting to a mainline yeah. belief of relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the thing that was missing within the Catholic context was that personal, for him, personal relationship with Jesus. It was a deifying of, of Mary. It was a... Uh, a a promotion of Peter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jesus being uh, weak, either a baby. Yeah. Infantile, or, you know, or, yeah, you yeah. know for, like almost permanently infantile mm -hmm. or, um, you know, just the, 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 the main martyr. Yeah. 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 Is kind of yeah. like the, the high thing. Now, 
to Caleb's point, are they a sect of Christianity? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Do Catholics go to heaven? In time, we'll tell. Because, <laughs> you know, none of us yes. can say ultimately anybody else. Right, right. Goes to, you can say for yourself. There are right, sheep and right, goats right, right, in every right. sect. In every yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like when people mm-hmm. ask that, I'm like, are we talking about an individual or are we talking about the organization? And nobody can those, say those that. Two totally but that's an individualized sure. experience, though, because there are the same people who grew up in Protestant churches that are converting to Catholic now that are having this new birth experience. Oh, my. You know, Shia LaBeouf, we just talked about, who's having this, who's coming to the Catholic. So Mark I think Wahlberg. sometimes, yeah, yeah Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. So I don't think that's a indictment on the Catholic Church. Really I think mean. that's just an individual experience where you grow up, like, getting stuck in a rut, like, whether that's well, Protestant. But, I mean, you can uh, self-evaluate the organization. You yes. just, you we just, criticize Pentecostals yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah, and you just do the that. same like, thing, and you get used to it. You're raised in it, right. and then you're, you're you're exposed to something new in in. The Catholic Church. Oh wow, the the, the reverence. The, oh, I'm, I, I yeah. feel like I'm a Christian all over again. So I think I don't think that's necessarily a testament to what's more true and what's less true. I think that that's just a testament to a person's own individual journey. I have a theory around that. And, the people yeah. who convert to Catholicism after a a more of a uh, mainline Christian experience is there is something about the actual structure and that. That yeah. stoic stability that becomes yes. more attractive, yes, rather than the free oh, yeah. kneeling. That's what you know, like Shia whatever. says. Exactly, he's just yeah. like he's mm-hmm. like um, he's like I just don't want to go to a church that looks like a concert because I'm around that every day. So I want right. to go to a church where uh, I'm forced into solidarity, which is like right. okay, sure, great. But to say that a church couldn't be that on the other end, For sure. because there's a person leaving the stoicism. Who, and there is also you know, obviously it, it just, something about a yeah. very religious, liturgical setting that can actually make people feel more religious. Right, right. That if I, it's mm-hmm. almost that that uh, nun uh, experience or a monk experience that if I have to push through this, yeah. that I'm actually penanced myself yeah. enough mm-hmm. to persevere through a service and deny all my things that I like, and I'm I've pushed through. Therefore, yeah. I feel a bit more righteous and holy as a result. Yeah, my danger with that is it becomes very much into that works mentality. Yeah, it becomes sure. I earned this. I earned my feeling of feeling righteous today. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the danger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I think it should be rooted in our articulation of the gospel, fruit of the spirit. Are you being discipled? You know the structures of the Book of Acts. I don't care what denomination. And we you are. all do that. Are you right? reflection? We, are you reflecting? I agree. What a disciple of Christ looks like. Are you growing in your in your word? Are you growing in knowledge? Are you growing in those areas? Are you pursuing Christ daily? Then yes. I don't care. That's why when people tell me like, I people come to me and like, hey, I think I'm gonna find another church that doesn't have women preachers. I don't say, well, I think you're in sin. I say, hey, if that's what you need to engage the gospel deeper. I disagree with you, but by all means, yeah. go do that. Because there are people joining our church who come from hardline abuse of gender roles, sure. where right. the where the women have committed. I met a guy one time who he said, "Right now, me and my wife are going at it because I make her wear a veil every Sunday to church because <laughs> I take." Now he goes Bro. to like a MacArthur style church, Bro. but he goes one step further, which I actually kind of even respect about him. I think it's silly, but I respect about him because he reads those verses in Timothy as straight. So when he prays, he has to lift his holy hands. 
when when wow. when 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 his wife prays, she has to wear a head covering. She's not allowed any jewelry or adornments whatsoever. He takes those verses completely literal. I think it's silly. I think it's a silly interpretation. Right. But when I talk to him, I go, bro. Because I we were arguing one time about women preachers. Well, it's a basic interpretation. And, and and so I told him like, well, bro, it's you know, look at the verses about women covering their head. It's not like you're making your wife cover her head at church every Sunday. And he goes, oh, I am. Oh my god. And I go, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, we have contention in our marriage because of it. But I'm praying right. for her submission to to listen oh to god. that and blah blah blah. I'm bro. sitting there and I'm like, so your wife isn't your wife isn't in agreement with like how you're interpreting this whole thing? No, I'm not. But he went to a, a seminary he went he went i think he went to master seminary mm. so he's like i even disagree with macarthur i think you can't because that's always been my question is i get it the little hermeneutical twist is yeah but the but the thing about women having authority he's tying it to adam and eve and then all the other verses now we're going to just say those are cultural because he doesn't mention adam and eve in it i don't i don't agree with that i, I don't right. think adam and eve being a use case immediately makes that for all of time certainly not but you know so this guy applied it that way and that's my thing i go bro that's good for you but because there are strong interpretations or bro it's not like we're doing the lgbtq thing where we're completely just pulling the benjamin franklin thing and we're ripping scriptures out of the bible we're not doing that like we're literally holding pretty fair interpretations yeah. that have really grounded both culture. Because yeah. if you listen to MacArthur's exposition on 1 Corinthians 13 and 14 that goes against tongues, he spends four hours talking about culture. Yeah. Four hours, because it's an eight-hour sermon yeah. compilation. Right. Four hours of it is him just giving you the study of, the of Plato of and the culture and mm. what Batalaghetto meant and yeah. what this means and what glossolalia means. That, that he's doing yeah. all cultural interpretations. So I always tell people like, just go listen to a MacArthur sermon and listen to how long he spends culture. quoting. Or, or, uh, uh, Aristotle and Plato and it building his fundamental argument based off of what the culture was doing at the time. He just doesn't do it in the case of, of women this, preaching, yeah. which that's kind of, for me, was a little bit more, which I said, which I said, hey, because we're Protestants, because I think denominations are a beautiful thing of the church, I don't think it's segregation. I think that's true diversity. Yes, I think dynamics. that it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful that a Korean church can worship uh, with their Korean brothers and sisters mm -hmm. on a Sunday. I think it's beautiful that a black church can uh, worship with... Now, our church, we've decided to be a diverse church. Mm -hmm. That's what we've decided, though. I don't look at the black church or the white church or the Korean church and go, man, if they would just uh, not be so black, then I think that their church would be more like the kingdom, more right. like God. I say, no, if that's what they want to worship and that's what they need, in the mm. same way that I say, if someone's going to a Catholic church or they're coming to orthodoxy, as long as it's not approached in heresy and as mm -hmm. long as it doesn't change, yeah. you know, as long as we're not going yeah. into Mormonism this, and Jehovah's Witness. Right. There's two you know, criticisms now you're getting right on, into trouble, on both sides. You know? The criticism yeah. of the Catholic church is they're too stoic and too traditional. Yeah. But the criticism for an evangelical model is they're too in their feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. you know, it's yeah, all based to a feelings. Catholic, how do you feel? To a Catholic, mm. even the SBC mm. is liberal. It's two feelings. It's like feelings based. <laughs> like know, we want to like, experience yeah. everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. well, sometimes you don't feel like it. Like even if we go yeah. full circle to the beginning of the podcast, sometimes you don't you don't feel like it. Yeah. But yeah. out of duty, I'm going to worship God. Yeah. I, I out of my job because I want to. Now it's better to not do it out of duty. Do it with you know yeah, yeah. with enjoyment, joy, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes because 
you know, I don't always feel like it. If I, everything was based on feelings, it wouldn't require faith. Yeah, right. I would say right. based upon the gentleman you were talking about that I'm going to apply the scriptures with that basic Oh, and I didn't add because I was speaking at a youth camp and I was wearing a hat. And he said that you're not allowed to preach with your head covered as a man. So that's how the conversation started. He was correcting me because he said that was an incredible sermon. I just can't believe you have the guts to wear a baseball hat wow. while preaching that sermon. I said, what the heck are you saying right now? Right, right. You know, and then, and then I was I just couldn't believe my ears. You to know? his shock, God didn't strike you down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to his he utter was, shock, I, he was waiting. He's standing yeah, clear. Go, go ahead, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And then I, I was like, oh, here we go. You know, like. <laughs> so so I, my, my goal is to try to, like, if I have that interaction, it's like, man, I want to treat this person how God would treat this person. And, and, and the way God is looking at it, this is a part of their story. This is not, hopefully, how this person will be for the rest of their story. We right. all progress. We all think, you were thinking a certain way 10 years ago, you're not thinking that way anymore. Right. You may go back to it 10 years from now, et cetera, et cetera. So what I look at how Jesus uh, developed his disciples, he went to them as is. He right. knew their certain personality yeah. issues. He knew Peter was stubborn, but I could, I could make that boldness. So, like, that gentleman, there you go. I'm looking at it like, oh, man, he's disciplined. There you Th go. There's value in the kingdom there of God go. for that That's discipline. Yeah. If, he, if we're doing church like the book of Acts because we're in community. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're only reading the Bible by yourself and you only have your interpretation, blah, 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 then there's some issues. Yeah. But, like, what we're doing, hey, help me understand where you're at with this. What we can say is, here's where I'm at with it today. Yeah. Here's where I was at with it six years yeah. ago. It may change, but here's the fundamental things that will Aaron's not change. Aaron's a good change. pastor. He's great. He's a great He's a pastor. gunner. He is. Like, He's a gunner. Like, yeah. my conclusion to this podcast is Aaron's oh, a good God. pastor. He's a rock. <laughs> yeah. When I go to Pomona and do this thing, I'm crazy, yeah. and he's that rock that yeah. stabilizes. Yeah. But what a great perspective. <laughs> what a yeah. great pastoral insight to see, hey, I can see what you're doing, but let me draw the positive out of it. Yeah. There it is. He's also the freshest out of seminary, so he's still really... <laughs> <laughs> He's he still hasn't really, been scorned you know, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> he hasn't yeah, been yeah, burnt yeah, by the yeah. people. He's <laughs> <laughs> still good. on a high. So you know. <laughs> All um, right. This was great. Conclusion. Joyce Meyer is a gunner. Yes. Lisa Bevere is a gunner. <laughs> she should make a movie Pastor Linus. Kira, your oh. wife, is a gunner. Yeah, right. we, you know what I'm saying? I love Joyce I just, Meyer. <laughs> I love you, Joyce Meyer. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm sorry. God bless you. I'm going to lunch. Let's <laughs>